A little dog named Parappa teaches the world to rap, Michael Bluth becomes a werewolf, and the Mortal Kombat movie franchise gets annihilated. This week on 302010 Welcome all. This is 302010, the internet's pop culture time machine taking you back 30, 20 and 10 years ago in pop culture history. This week we'll be talking about November 17th to the 23rd. I am one of your hosts, Chris Antista. Uh, I'm Dave Rudden, and I gotta believe! <laughs> Bob Dylan doppelganger Diana Goodman. <laughs> and last of the Red Hot Werewolves, Matt J. Wow, okay, so I m- wish I had a clever nickname, because there's so very much to talk about. Uh, a bunch of, one. I'll say, incredibly interesting movies this week. Not so much TV, and I also have to say Happy Thanksgiving. Yay! Yeah, Yay. so we'll be looking 30, 20, 10 years ago this week. It's November t- uh, 17th to the 23rd, and we'll be looking at the movies, TV, video games, and other pop culture news of 1987, 1997, and two. 2007. This week on Laser Time, the internet's seventh leading pop culture podcast, the gang is tackling a brand new topic. Well, I tried to find a negative review of Citizen Kane. One star, it had no color. <laughs> it was utterly depressing. The camera angles were okay, but the acting really wasn't too good. All the actors were always interrupting themselves or each other, and it just didn't flow well in my mind. And this is my favorite line of all time. It's just like the Blair Witch Project. I mean, he's right. It's just like the Blair Witch Project. <laughs> A lot of people watch Citizen Kane because of the hype and find themselves disappointed. It's sad but true. Citizen Kane was a real disappointment, totally unoriginal plot, bad lighting, cheesy sets, boring too, and gosh, what is this rosebud thing? That was freaky. Whoa, dude. Anyway, this movie was, was whack and weird. mad boring. <laughs> it no, was a bummer too that, that it was that. all black and white and all the guys looked the same because they all wore suits. <laughs> That's Laser Time. New every Monday on lasertimepodcast.com, iTunes, or wherever you get your podcasts. Cinderella, Cinderella, night and day at Cinderella. Make the fire, mix the breakfast, wash the dishes, do the mopping, and the sweeping, and the dusting. But we begin, as always, in 1987. Uh, is there any news worth worth speaking about? Oh, there is. Oh, I believe there is. Uh, November 18th, 1987, Congress releases Iran-Contra findings. Their findings were <laughs> the president didn't know, but damn it, he probably should have. I guess. I don't know. Whatever. No one oh, gets punished. It's, it's great fine. to know uh, you can't get in trouble for that. They discovered the code. <laughs> <laughs> I, was, I was fishing for something. Uh, uh, and uh, also, the same day, King's Cross tube station fire 31 dead. Jeez. Yeah. I I've, I'd heard about this. I remember walking past the plaque in King's Cross and finding out how did this start? Someone dropped a lit match down a wooden escalator. There's such what? thing as a wooden escalator. There is there was such a thing as a wooden escalator. <laughs> Mr. And, Bean cranks it. And this <laughs> this just made me realize, oh my god, how does this not happen all the fucking time? Everyone was allowed to smoke yeah. in, in subway stations back then. They smoke oh, on gross. the trains. It smoked freaking everywhere. Oh, There's literally tens of thousands of people moving through the station. It's a giant station with a ton of subway lines and a train station. Two train stations. Where's Kings Cross? Ewok Village. Who has a wooden <laughs> escalator? Yeah. 
Yeah. What the fuck? Wooden escalators. The bar always kind of feels like it could burst into flames at any second. I mean, yeah. I'm usually praying for it. At least it would get rid of the pee smell. Uh, <laughs> hi, we're from San Francisco. Yeah, the, <laughs> the fact that there aren't subway station fires all the time mm-hmm. kind of blows yeah. my mind. Wait, I'll, I'll broaden it. SEPTA. Oh, <laughs> God. Yeah. Now, SEPTA is built out of wood. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we have a ton of movies to talk about uh, in 1987, November 17th through the 23rd, uh, including one that I dig, and I had to make sure to get a stupid trailer for because that's what I do. Walt Disney Pictures proudly presents a motion picture whose time has come again. And it's coming for Thanksgiving and Christmas. Because even miracles take a little time. Exclusively in theaters. Walt Disney's classic, Cinderella. Yeah! Cinderella, one of the best Disney movies of all time, I believe, was a make-or-break film for Disney in the 1950s. They Uh, all were then. Well, Cinderella (laughs) especially. and and Not unlike Frozen, people thought, this formula is stale and this won't Mm -hmm. work. But, like, if you have... I got to watch a screening with Brad Bird at the Disney Museum. Whoa. And he's like, you need to watch... Watch the last sequence, and you forget that like there's kind of a surprise ending at the end of Cinderella, and the pacing is really good. I have the other slipper... Mm -hmm. After right. the slipper breaks, like most Disney movies don't end with you on edge. It's just a fight scene or someone falls off a building. This is a completely different ending. Narratively, Cinderella is great. I loved the conversation about it was something Disney called the little guys that kind of cr- got created in Cinderella that the original book has her monologuing so much that she mm. seems insane. Give her animals to <laughs> talk to. So you to. give her little animals to talk to. Uh, Gus Gus, the mm-hmm. other mouse, the lady mice, the cat. Like That's where that's <laughs> where that formula sort of began when that's mm-hmm. kind of a staple for every Disney movie, but I mostly included here for evidence for 1997. Anyway, moving on. <laughs> uh, moving on to the next film. Cinderella is great. Please watch it. I, I don't want to really be a, uh, a grammar evil mm-hmm. stepsister, mm-hmm. but Disney said... A movie whose time has come? Shouldn't it be that's, that's time? That's yes. time has come. Because it's not a person. As much as Disney wants to make movies into people or whatever. like Corporations ma- are people. It's so magical, it's a person. No, it's not. Yeah, it's a movie that's time has come. I, I, that guy had... whoever I forget that guy's name, but he has so many promos I can't remember do. his name either, but he's amazing. Yeah. And especially yeah. doing research for like 87, 97 for this. <laughs> like, I hear his voice so much, and it feels like the, I am a first, child again. The first 15 minutes of every D- Disney clamshell VHS has yeah. that guy's voice on it. Yeah. And like um, way into late, like he's on a couple of he's DVDs still alive. too. Like I think he's oh, still yeah, he's doing still, it. Um, there's an amazing video for some, some like not regular Emmys, some other kind of Emmys. That's one of the intros where it's like him, Don LaFontaine, and like two of the other famous voiceover guys getting into Whoa. a limo together, all nah, narrating yes, what's it's happening. It's really good. Oh, it's look nice. it up on YouTube. Yeah, it's it's hilarious. And uh, again, I like reflecting on reviews from this period. Roger Ebert uh, was quoted as saying, two of the worst movies of the year came out this week." Uh, yeah. This being the first. One of the batch, uh, Date with an Angel, <laughs> starring Phoebe Cates, uh, who is the most beautiful lady of the 1980s, for my yeah. money. Yeah, so I had like a vague recollection of a movie where a guy meets an angel and has to hide them. I watched the trailer, which didn't have any good clips. I didn't, mm-hmm. bought, let's just skip it, but uh, it's Splash. It's Splash. With, it's Splash, but with yeah. an angel. Splash, th- splash ripoff, like way too late, like three or four years later. Yeah, it's mm-hmm. just, you know, this angel crashes and this guy has to take care of her, but she's like really weird and eats wrong things and makes... <laughs> Instead of talking, sort of goes... Like a seraphim. Uh, yeah, the only stupid. notable thing I saw is it was written directed by Tom McLaughlin, whose previous directing credit, Dave, mm-hmm. was which... <laughs> that you'll never get. No. Friday the 13th, Part 6, Jason oh, wow. Lives. Oh. How about you make a splash movie now? That is whatever. Yeah. Uh, after resurrecting Jason. We just recorded our last episode of Elm Street Nightmare. Yeah. Freddy vs. Jason. Hey, if you make like, weird indie movies in New Zealand for five years, you get to make a <laughs> Thor movie now, so is that that much weirder? Um, and we also have this week another movie none of us... I'm guessing none of us saw. Maybe Die. Uh, yeah. Nuts! What a stupid title. But a uh, pretty neat cast. 
Do you want me to represent you in this competency hearing? I don't know. Are you any good? You had good. Now you got me. What do you want to do? <laughs> Dreyfus and Babs at their most Dreyfus and Babs. You're way out of my You're going to be able to tell that's Richard Dreyfus. Oh, my God. Of course you can. Uh, it's not the last time he'll be in this episode, So it's a, it's a movie yeah. about a call girl who right, kills her kills, John, yeah. and her parents, upper-class parents, want to get her committed, uh, throw in an insanity plea. Yeah. But she's like, no, I got justification for murdering this dude, and Richard Dreyfus is the... Lawyer with right. the heart of gold who helps her out. Yeah, I feel like Barbara Streisand here is trying to show her range, go kind of Oscar baby, mm-hmm. and she got a lot of really good reviews at the time. But she I, just just watching clips, I'm like, I feel like she's really miscast. Mm-hmm. Uh, you <laughs> also, know, no movie named Nuts is going to win. It's a heavy drama. Why <laughs> yeah. did you call it Nuts? I Diana, guess, are you saying you wouldn't pay to have sex with Barbara Streisand? <laughs> I I would pay uh, to do lots of things with Barbara Streisand. Diana's I not a gay man. I don't I'm a big think Babs I would. Fan. I don't think I know. I love Barbara Streisand. Yeah. I will defend Barbara Streisand. Uh, but I don't know about here. Uh, no. And it does, yeah, it does have an amazing cast. Carl Malden, Maureen Stapleton, Eli Wallach, mm, James damn. Whitmore. Oh, yeah, Eli Wallach. Yeah, I mean, it's it's a great cast. And most of the reviews are like, well, she's trying. She's doing a good job, I guess. Everyone's good, but eh. Here's a movie I had never heard of and had sort of mm-hmm. disappe- disappeared very quickly mm-hmm. and for a while. But it's sadly... Uh, pretty relevant and obtainable again sign of the times a prince concert film Uh, oh a great concert to go along with like i think one of his best-selling albums ever yeah this is the this is the dominance of prince this is his third movie in theaters yeah i've never been to a concert film in theaters like do you is it is it I saw can Rattle you, and Hum. Can you actually like sing and dance? <laughs> One of those <laughs> yeah. are like stand it's up. Like, Shh, <laughs> sir, we're trying to watch Prince. <laughs> sir, please put out that lighter. <laughs> You've ever heard that amazing Kevin Smith rant about filming something for Prince? That, yeah. And yeah. somebody just after a while comes up to him like, no one's ever going to see this. He does this mm-hmm. all the time. Of course, he did that with this. He has mm-hmm. thousands of videos. Written, it's written and directed by him using discarded footage and then newly shot footage in studio to it just. It seemed really expensive and something only Prince could do at his height. Um, it's really interesting. Footnote, uh, Prince footnote, sign of the times. Mm-hmm. Uh, but there's so many movies this month. <laughs> oh, boy. Uh, this, this week. Because uh, this is, I thought this was a TV movie. I guess I'm incorrect. The secret. Remember, God sees everything. <laughs> <laughs> the sin. children and you are the devil's spawn evil from the moment of conception flowers in the attic yeah wow. i don't know how yeah. that could be a tv movie exactly well it was eventually but <laughs> well, uh, there have been tv versions yeah, yeah. I, with, yeah. All, with all of the same uh I, twists and turns yeah. i this is i don't the, think you see as much yeah. i love movies watch every single one i can i didn't know this existed until vh1's i love the 80s oh my god i was gonna say the same <laughs> thing the only, i never heard of this before that that's uh, exactly how i knew what this was everybody talking about like christy swanson was so hot and this movie's weird yep. <laughs> well I, I think yeah it was a, a based on a the best-selling novel and i oh, think yeah. hollywood kind of balked at a lot of the subject matter because it involves a ton of incest <laughs> diana yeah. can probably tell us more. <laughs> yeah this i mean the, that's your uh, expertise. <laughs> oh yeah. Well, no girl stuff. Yeah. I mean, the book and the movie were like super popular with like mm-hmm. every middle school aged girl, wow. and it's. I mean, I guess I understand like maybe they can relate to the you know the hitting puberty mm-hmm. and having what are these feelings, but it's also about like these siblings that are locked in an attic, and it's like the gothic horror part of like their grandma locked him in the attic and then I think maybe she's trying to kill him and blah 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 yeah I re- but uh, they end up the, the four children their father dies and the mother is estranged from her 
aristocratic family. Yeah. And you figure out why, and it's because the mother, the husband of the mother, was the uncle of the father. So mm. she, the, the children are the spawn of incest as well, oh. and then get locked into the attic, and we have some more. Wait, oh. Christy Swanson is the result <sighs> of incest. Uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That yeah, yeah. way too symmetrical. And we need more incest. <laughs> more. Incest. Well, there's never been a better time. Nobody actually uh, like that. Next laser time ringtone. Uh, <laughs> I think this book was more banned when I was in school. <laughs> I'm, pretty sure, I'm pretty sure we weren't allowed to read this book when I was in school, like it in like the nineties and two. Yeah, I don't remember this being prescribed in school at all. No, it wasn't prescribed mm-hmm. or you know prescribed or proscribed. Yeah, I wasn't reading this after the Outsiders or Hatchet. <laughs> I think yeah. you're gonna say Hatchet. I'd love, no. I got brought it up in the last show, man. Yeah. Yeah, everybody knows Hatchet, but... Uh, <laughs> no, it, was, it wasn't a sign, but oh my god, I think everybody except me read it. Mm-hmm. And the director famously uh, walked off the film. The, they changed the ending completely. Oh. Um, oh. Because none of us are related. Yay! <laughs> We're all gonna get laid! The, one of the most notable things about the book, I mean, this is not gonna be a crowd-pleasing film, mm. and this is gonna make a lot of people uncomfortable. Maybe don't bother. But I think mm. it made its money back. I think yeah. Christy Swanson was talking like, I got the script for the sequel, and then I never heard anything. <laughs> But uh, yeah, it made its money. It's pretty More famous. Flowers in the attic. Flowers uh, in the extension. It's there are four other books. Wow. So yeah. they did what? follow up on the story. How are these kids in that house? I have no idea. <laughs> did they ever get out of the house? I have no idea. Is there what? an extended universe? Uh, you're asking too many questions. When the movie you really want to talk about is up next, yeah. Uh, Fuck yeah. Let's see if you can guess what this is, people. Todd Howard is a regular guy. Right. Bye. With a couple of problems. You just hit me with a dead frog. Jerk. Just like his cousin Scott. Feeling a little furry in there, buddy? The good news is he's going to college. This fine young man carries our hopes and dreams into the ring. Whoa. The bad news is he's going through a few changes. And when you do change, I'm going to be there to take you straight to the top. I don't howl. You don't see any fangs, do you? That was a really good effect. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, the teeth just popped out of his mouth. Jason, I, I think they just took all the prosthetics from the first movie. Oh, yeah. The '80s convention of labeling your sequel T.O.O. Yeah. Teen Wolf oh, as yeah. well. Yeah, Teen Wolf Two. Or uh, you, it's a new character, but all the first guy's friends come with him. Yes, well, he's the cousin of. He's the cousin. He's the cousin so the father can still be the uncle. set up in, in the Teen Wolf cartoon. The cartoon yeah. we talked about was that last week or yeah. two weeks ago. I've oh never God. seen a shitty licensed spinoff cartoon that on the ball in my entire life. And yet, but it was still like a totally different character. Yes. And the cartoons yeah. like. This is the start of a beautiful friendship, and then the movie's like, uh, your cousin's probably dead. He's gone somewhere. Just I, like I in this trailer, they're like, just like his cousin Scott, no image of Michael so J. Fox. Just as unrealistic as him turning into a little wolf is that all the girls are rejecting him. He's Jason Bateman. Jason Bateman. He's, so he's not gonna, yeah. He's more beautiful. He's taller than Michael J. Fox, so he's gotta be more sought after. <laughs> when uh, Graham Norton tried to have an American show for about six weeks, mm-hmm. uh, he oh, had... Graham Norton effect. He, yes, he had Jason Bateman on, who uh, was, I believe, still on Arrested Development around that time. I, for, I forget the time exactly, but uh, that's all he want, That's all Graham Norton wanted to talk about was Team Wolf Two, <laughs> and he pulled out a picture of him, like, because in the movie he's a boxer. It's yes. the same it's movie, same except in college he's movie. his cousin. He's a boxer instead of a I, basketball. I can't believe how high player. Teen Wolf stock was. I saw Teen Wolf. I loved it. Teen I wanted Wolf. to watch Teen Wolf all day long. TV could only land the rights to Teen Wolf Two, yeah. so it was on constantly and Teen yeah. Wolf uh, Teen Wolf you gotta savor that you gotta pay up if you wanna see Teen Wolf really, Teen Wolf's on Comedy Central this is on yeah. USA <laughs> yeah it really feels like the budget got slashed on this too everything feels downgraded yeah from Teen and Wolf which already seemed kind of budget yeah, there's like not even a crowd for most of the boxing sequences it's just an <laughs> empty gym yeah 
But on uh, on that Graham Norton episode, uh, he pulls that image out, and Jason Bateman just like puts his face in his hands, and he's like, "That movie is stuck to me like a venereal disease." <laughs> I mean, <laughs> apparently I, everyone always wants to talk to him about it. I didn't rediscover Jason Bateman until the rest of us did in Arrested yeah. Development, and yeah. he's had plenty of other ways to redefine himself. But for a long time, yeah, it was, it was sil- what Silver Spoons in this was yeah. that would synonymous right. with Jason Hogan Bateman. Family. Hogan family, Hogan yeah. family, and this is his film well, debut. By family. the way, yeah, you're uh, thinking of uh, of Carlton. No, I'm, yes, <laughs> or Ricky Schroeder. Ricky Schroeder. <laughs> uh, but but it's a oh it's a super dumb God. movie. But if you love Teen Wolf, it's like a very fun curio to watch it and be like, how do they get all of you know Michael J. Fox's dumb friends? Because they're J. Fox's, cheap. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, like how do they how do they justify them yeah. being in the same That's college changed. when they're like five years yeah. older than him? And uh, it's also uh, uh, Michael J. Fox's dad from the first movie is in it. Uh, he's the one that brings him to the college. Yeah, he's his uncle. Um, and yes, yeah. I, I believe I didn't know this. One of the first films written by Jeff Loeb, famed Marvel. What? Yeah. I didn't know yeah. that. Oh. Yeah. Jeff Loeb. Jeff Loeb. Yeah, Jeff Loeb. Jeff Loeb. The, the guy third. who uh, who seemingly hates everyone who likes the comic books that he writes. Yeah, the producer of a bunch of Marvel TV shows I do not watch. Creator of the Red Hulk. <laughs> I love the Red Hulk, though. I really do. That story was. I don't. I'm not a hater. Uh, but then finally, probably the most critically revered oh, yeah. film of, of this list, uh, Diana can weigh in on I... The Last Emperor. At the age of three, he ascended to the dragon throne. As a boy, he was the absolute ruler of Imperial China. Stop! The Emperor will walk. His life filled with sights and sounds no other human being on Earth could experience. I think the Emperor is the loneliest boy on earth. I want a modern wife, Johnston, who speaks English and French, and who can dance the quick step. (laughs) (laughs) The Last Emperor. I have not seen this, but I remember this was... Everybody was talking about this movie, and every child wanted to run away screaming from whatever this film was. uh, (laughs) I mean, before you actually get into the film analysis, like, I only... I remember seeing this on HBO and turning it up because... Like I, I only know the reference from Homer in uh, the Stonecutters yes, episode, the episode where they're doing that big celebration, and then the yeah the three year old emperor takes a crap on the ground. I'm like, this isn't for me. I'm eight years old. This is weird. Oh yeah, can't okay. watch this. That's that. Yeah, no. The point is that he has no privacy. Like his all his advisors like gather around the crap and talk about. Well, should he eat more meat or less? What do you guys think? <laughs> this is a gorgeous movie yeah. I'm really really lucky that I've seen this on the big screen Castro Theater had it oh, wow. uh, I don't know 10 something years ago um, directed by Bernardo Bertolucci it's uh, <laughs> the first western film to get access to the entire Forbidden City in China yeah wow. they got to film I mean, in China P- yeah. <laughs> Peter O'Toole is like the only real notable English speaker in the primary cast. Yeah. Well, after a, a while, of... Joan Chen pops up yeah. and she can speak mm-hmm. English. But yeah, he's like the only white guy in the yeah, movie. Yeah, sorry, the only white guy in the film. Who's yeah. John Lone? Is that the kid? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, okay. he's he's him as an adult. When and does Eddie Murphy show up? That's the golden child. <laughs> oh, jeez. That's which I can understand why you confuse them because that was probably nominated for Best Picture too. Yeah. But, uh, Didn't this, it win? This one, won. this one, Best this Picture, one. Best Director, uh, Best Writing, Best Cinematography, Best Art Direction. Damn. Nine Oscars in yeah. total. It, it deserves them. It's yeah, it is slow because uh, Bertolucci is not quite Italian neorealism, but kind of. You know, he, he takes his time, but it's it's this based on the true story of the last emperor of China that he gets overthrown by the commies has to run away. Then the Japanese come and in, or no, not the commies, but he gets overthrown and then he has to leave. And then when the Japanese invade, uh, in the early thirties prior to 
kind of starting World War II before everyone else got involved. Um, they install him as a puppet emperor, and then he gets seized by the commies, <laughs> and bad things happen. And it's just sort of the whole picture of it, and it's just gorgeous to look at. It really is. I, I rediscovered My while God. researching Talking Simpsons for the Stonecutters episode, and like, these shots are too pretty and specific <laughs> to be part of the Simpsons natural layout. What the hell is this? And of course, you know, light wiki research no Simpsons fan has seen Last Emperor. And, like, it was hard to attribute where those I, I scenes think, came well, from. I think, well, they maybe took into account, like, oh, yeah, maybe a bunch of people have watched the first 10 minutes and been like, eh. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I, got, I got two plus more hours of this. No thanks. Yeah, but yeah. it fits into the larger theme of movies about royalty. Mm-hmm. Um, I was just thinking, because I just finally finished up uh, season one of The Crown, because sec- second season's coming. Mm-hmm. The idea that it's like you're you get to live in incredible luxury, but you're also basically a prisoner with no... Per, you have no privacy whatsoever. Yeah. So. That's why I always felt for Paris Hilton. <laughs> American yeah. royalty. Yeah, he's, so not he's, I mean, he's in the Forbidden City, and the Forbidden City's gorgeous, and there's like hundreds, there's like tens of thousands of extras in these shots, but he's not allowed to like go outside. I mean, like, I love the, the, the poster, the cover image, is just this miserable little boy with yep. thousands of soldiers behind him. It's such a great image. Yeah. Uh, I'm, I'm the most curious about this guy. Yeah, I, to I, I totally recommend. Yeah, it's, it's a little slow, but it's beautiful. Beautiful. Well, we have to exit the movies and head into the small screen television for uh, November 17th to the 23rd. Uh, oh, my God. On the 19th, Sledgehammer. Aired. I we've love ta- Sledgehammer. We've talked about Sledgehammer yeah. a bunch. You guys have. It's Cult uh, Hit. Cult Hit. Cult Hit. It's a great show. It's one of those shows that when it finally came to DVD, people were yeah. like, yes, this weird show that I barely remember, it, but is amazing. Yeah, uh, real tongue-in-cheek, uh, Reagan-era violent police officer, but a, a Dirty Harry comedy yeah. for television. It's a it's a parody. Of, it's it's the Naked Gun show, yes. pretty much. And I, I do love that. Only the main factoid I know about it, because I've watched a bunch of it, they thought they were being canceled because it was, you know, a little out there for Television 87. So the last episode of the first season ends with the main character blowing up the world. Uh, and then they got renewed at the last minute. So they had to set the second season two years ahead of the first season because the world was gone. And, uh, That's this, the kind of comedy it is. This is a very timely, spooky episode mm. on uh, November 19th called The Last of the Red Hot Vampires. Oh. <laughs> Directed by Bill Bixby. Hey, uh, TV's, TV's Hulk. Yeah, TV's The Incredible Hulk. Uh, and this episode is an old-timey actor from the 30s. His name is Vincent Lagarski. Uh, I get you, it. Do you know what they're doing? Okay. Uh, <laughs> uh, and he dies while filming a new vampire movie, but everyone's really mean to him and shitty to him because he's an old man. Uh, but then there are two murders where a vampire is seen, so you think it might be him. Very funny. I think people should check it out if you mm-hmm. can get a hold of these episodes. Uh, and then also after this episode, <laughs> Head of the Class was also a spooky episode and had a poltergeist in it. It's a little <laughs> late. It's Thanksgiving. Yeah. Halloween. Yeah. What the hell? Thanksgiving spooky, too. It's cold and you're you're alone oh, uh, no. the also- cranberries are haunted <laughs> but I want to talk about this one so let me let me kick the bass line real quick boom 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 boom, <laughs> boom. <laughs> I love why do I love Night Court so much I have no it's idea it's a great show it's I love fun. Night Court and you're right it does have one of the best themes ever yeah uh, this is also kind of related it's weird that all these themes that run this is what I love about this show the most is when you're looking at all the shows that air at once mm-hmm. and you find these weird themes that string together mm-hmm. uh, also on the 19th Night Court is the episode Who Was That Mashed Man? Uh-huh. <laughs> Where a veteran actor who uh, he's like a cowboy actor contemplates suicide because he's no longer legally allowed to play the character that made him famous. There are lawyers who are like, stop dressing like that character. You're misrepresenting our brand. 
uh, you know, if they want to reboot it or whatever. That? that that was a real story though. It's it's made fun of in Kiss Kiss Bang Bang about a guy who used to play a RoboCop character, got drunk, dressed up like him, and died. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I thought that was based on some true story sure, around something happened in the eighties, like some. Hmm. Washed up actor. I had to keep going. Sorry. Birdman's kind of about that. Too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, we have a clip from the episode. Ooh. And that, do we know who the veteran actor is? It's uh, no one. Okay. It's no one you'll recognize. Well, I'll be hogtied. It's the Red Ranger. What? <laughs> Jason? <laughs> who is this guy? Who is he? He's a two-fisted hero of a Saturday matinee. The defender of truth. The greatest lawman ever strap on a shooting iron. I can't believe I'm meeting the real Red Ranger. Well. (laughs) (laughs) It's weird they call him the Red Ranger, but it's also like they're doing, like nostalgia wasn't an industry Mm -hmm. yet in Mm -hmm. the 80s, except for like, you know, Raiders of the Lost Ark and Mm -hmm. stuff like that. So it's funny that now where everything's built on nostalgia, like, you know, everything Hmm. that we're doing right now. (laughs) Well, uh, everything's cyclical. Yeah. We're just nostalgia, yes. Yes. Uh, <laughs> but it's it's a funny episode. Night Court's a great show. Holy but the thing shit. is, that's all we have to talk about this week because it's Thanksgiving mm-hmm. yeah. into Christmas. So the next couple weeks for 302010 yeah. for TV are a little Dude, rough. I remember on networks in this era, on Christmas and Thanksgiving, sometimes you just, it's prime time and it just be, this is just a choir singing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Holy shit, this is boring. <laughs> Jesus Christ, I want cable. Uh, but... There is one savior this week. Oh, uh, this is by, such a cool story. This is one of the coolest things ever. Uh, this is this week, uh, 11-22, mm-hmm. 30 years ago, 1987, Chicago's PBS station was showing an, an episode of Doctor Who called Horror of Fang Rock that was interrupted for 88 seconds by a guy who had like pirated the television signal somehow mm-hmm. in his like garage. Like It's not <laughs> like he's outside the studio or whatever. Uh, and he puts on a Max Headroom mask has his voice all modulated. He has mm-hmm. to replicate the Max Headroom background. He has like, With a, like piece... a spinning piece of corrugated metal. Yeah, it's like aluminum siding spinning behind him. And <laughs> it is. It is watching it raw and unedited. It's the most horrifying thing I've ever seen. In my I used whole to. Life. I've seen this clip probably a hundred times because, yeah. like in high school, I would show it to everyone. I'm like, you got to see this crazy thing that happened. I feel like this would be on like those like they're not like they're like kind of like Faces of Death videos mm-hmm. where it's just like weird yeah. compilations of like sick Sound shit like. Footage. Like, yeah, that and, uh, what's his name, Bud Dwyer? Like, oh, weird yeah. shit where it's like, hey, do you believe this was on TV? Fucked up, right? Grew up in the PA It's an area. urban legend. You want to hear a little bit of it? Because it terrifies yeah. me. That's why I just wanted to set it up because it's so nuts. I'll get you a hot drink, man. Doctor Who. He's getting something from off screen. I'm scared. His ass gets spanked. Imagine uncut, unexpected 90 seconds of that in 1987. While watching Doctor Who. While watching Doctor Who. And I know know way too much about this. This is the most notorious and unsolved pirated broadcast Mm -hmm. in history. I assumed we would know who has done it by now, but we don't. So he stands up and then starts to spank himself. He spanks himself. He holds up a Pepsi can because Max Headroom was in the Pepsi Was advertising Pepsi. And he mentioned Chuck Swartz. It was supposed to interrupt a Chicago network mm-hmm. and they got caught immediately and they flipped to another sur- like another breaker uh, yeah. and so they decided to then attack the PBS station which wasn't as financially like, fortified or yeah. prepared for this such is like a, thing. a genius thing to do sort of mm-hmm. with like the worst execution ever mm-hmm. like <laughs> I ha- I'm gonna pirate the airwaves and get my message out there what's it gonna be well I'm gonna be wearing a mask so I can't really hear what I'm saying <laughs> and then I'm gonna hold up a Pepsi can and then I'm gonna spank myself I- like 
Maybe uh, just yeah. like put up we a sign. Know. We don't know if he had an agenda. I, uh, well, his agenda I, I was can't. to make fun of Chuck. He was making fun of a local sportscaster. It was no real agenda, but since you can't really hear him, yeah. it's terrifying. Yeah. <laughs> it's terrifying, yeah. and I, I've, I've followed every single breadcrumb trail mm-hmm. to try and figure <laughs> this out. Online slews are to this day mm-hmm. trying to figure out. They thought they had it nailed a few about a year ago, mm-hmm. uh, but just they were going into like the the pirate the people who pirated TV broadcast. There's a little local scene of people like that in Chicago and like we're pretty sure we know who this is <laughs> I, I, I don't have that information on him I did not know this was coming up was my uncle he works at Nintendo I don't know why I end, I end up looking into this once a year because I love that this is still unsolved <laughs> this has happened before and every time the person is caught immediately so the fact that nobody knows who did this to this day I think how the statute people, of limitations yeah. are up. How many people own that disgusting mask? Can they, can they, <laughs> can they use that to figure it out? <laughs> Follow the receipts. And there, uh, are, there are a couple other notable examples. Like some, somebody did it with HBO once, yeah. like in their local HBO. Like it's there's a whole wiki hole you can. Uh, fall a down satellite to salesman stuff. did it with HBO mm-hmm. uh, to protest. I, uh, sorry, we talked about this in an old media episode of Laser <laughs> Time. He was so mad that HBO started blocking satellite signals. Yes. Satellites were just little piracy devices <laughs> back in the early 80s, and you could get any channel for free. You'd see stuff on... If you had a satellite back in the 80s, mm-hmm. you'd see stuff where, like, before they flicked the yeah. cameras live, so people would be like, I'm looking inside Reagan's yes. White House right yeah. now. Dude, yeah. I feel like they still do that for Japanese wrestling. Because I remember there's a WWE thing a couple, like, a couple years ago where they were just, like, shooting the breeze before the show, and mm-hmm. it's like, oh, yeah, we're supposed to hear that. All the footage in like Michael Moore's documentaries are things you see before the cameras mm-hmm. are technically live, and just George what John Ashcroft singing yeah. a song yeah. like that—that was all from. George, doesn't George W. Bush like flip off the camera? Yes, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah that happened. Someone got that on. <laughs> I just did that. Put that shoe away. Sit and spin. What's such a cool story? Such a cool story. The Max, yeah. the Max Headroom break-in. Jesus Christ. But that's TV for this week. This is, you know, and then other than that, it's like Thanksgiving specials yeah. and stuff like that are already starting. And, like, uh, people are just airing, like you just said, it's like people are airing whatever. Like, I'm seeing, I would click on some and it just would say, like, you know, Reagan. Like, that's, <laughs> like that's what aired tonight is that people talking about it's Reagan. It's just a photo of Reagan. Yeah. For 90 <laughs> minutes. Oh, my God. Oh, shit. I'm, I was, I was going to do something, but I got to stare at my TV and salute for the next hour and a half. <laughs> Uh, well, that, yeah, that wraps up television. Not so much uh, in the news of uh, the games department. Uh, don't worry. The next two decades will have plenty. <laughs> All right. Uh, but music. We got plenty of music for November 17th to the 23rd. I think we're alone now by Tiffany is still number one on the charts. And the only new release this week is The Eternal Idol by Black Sabbath. Uh, the first with Tony Martin on lead vocals after Ozzy, Dio, and Deep Purple's Ian. Oh my I didn't God. know they yeah. had that many lead singers. <laughs> yeah. You're a big Black Sabbath fan, Diana? Uh, not a big Black Sabbath okay. fan. I'm an okay Black Sabbath fan. I just uh, know you're, you're, like, are, you're a resident Metallica expert. I just assumed it. Uh... Yeah, I wouldn't call myself an expert, but you know, uh, Ozzy and Dio, Black Sabbath. Yeah, uh, that, that's when they fall off. All right. Well, we will head into 1997, but we got to close out 1987 with Eternal Idol by Black Sabbath. See you in the 90s, people. Oh, 
Ahoy ho, everybody. This is Bob Mackey. Chris Antista. Henry Gilbert. And when you're done listening to this, we'd like you to check out Talking Simpsons. It's our chronological exploration of The Simpsons only on the Laser Time Podcast Network. Where we'll discuss why Barney is the MVP of Season 3. Whatever you say, Mom. Uh. When we try to figure out what every reference means. Weren't you one of the little rascals? And where we'll tell you how to avoid the poison donut. There is a poisoned one, isn't there, Smithers? No, sir. I discussed this with our lawyers. They consider it murder. Damn their oily heads! For all this and more, listen to Talking Simpsons every Wednesday at TalkingSimpsons.com or wherever you find your podcasts. You can't let the chance to love him pass you by. Tell him, tell him that the sun and moon rise in his eyes. Reach out no, you are not listening to an episode of Delilah. This is uh, Tell Him by Celine Dion and Barbara Streisand, the first single off of Let's Talk About Love, which went on to sell 31 million copies, the Jesus. 19th highest selling wow. album of all time for a song I've never heard. Yeah. <laughs> what the fuck? You probably heard it. Hmm. No, I, wait, I maybe at the time. Well, I'm getting my hair cut in like 1987. <laughs> yeah. No, this is one that's like, wow, uh, it turns out like this did well on the charts. And then I look it up and like, no, I mean, I, it's just sort of generic uh, kind of power ballady sort of thing to me but hey Barbra Streisand strand two decades now well, one yeah. show impressive but we also have new releases November uh, 17th to the 23rd of 1997 we have uh, The Wild Hearts Endless uh, Endless Nameless uh, Songs from the Cape Man by Paul Simon ahead of its Broadway debut and failure and Hanson's Christmas album Snowed In as well as uh, The Lonesome Crowded West by Modest Mouse obviously Candle in the Wind is going to remain number when one when will it end uh, hopefully soon. In the news of 1997, November uh, 17th to the 23rd, George Clooney is named People's Sexiest Man Alive. Yikes. It's got to be that Peacemaker money, man. <laughs> is that what it was called? I can't yeah. even remember now. Yeah. Yep. Uh, on November 17th, in the darker news, Islamic militants kill 62 at a temple of what? Habshatsut in, Hab Hab in uh, Luxor, Egypt. Yeah, they just went and killed a ton of uh, tourists. Ooh, can you climb on there in Assassin's Creed? <laughs> I, <laughs> Maybe. Um, and on November 18th, wow, Gary oh, Glittered is yeah. busted oh, wow. for the first time. Oh, yeah. 20 years uh, ago. On child pornography. Dun, 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 dun. Hey. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Every time you sing that at a sports game, just think. <laughs> yep. That's one of my favorite song sequels. It's yeah. the volume two of whatever the fuck that song is called. Rock, um, rock and roll part two. Rock and yeah. roll part two. Yeah. Uh, I believe this, this bust was a hilariously stupid bust in that, hey, my computer's broken. I'll take it down to the computer store. Fix my computer. Oh, shit. He's got a lot of child porn on uh, here. Yeah, it's a clog with child porn. That's why your computer's not working. Uh, I'm Norm McDonald. Uh, <laughs> fix your computer. He's going for an original character. I stumbled into Norm McDonald. Do you know what that is? That's Gary Glitter. This is why I joined the Geek Squad. Oh, no. <laughs> he's, he's still on the run, isn't he? Like, he's... he's uh, Something like that. You can never get glitter off, no matter what. Oh, boy. Oh, oh boy. I don't, I don't even want to touch that joke. 1997 <laughs> movies, November 17th to the 23rd. Uh, Lawn Dogs, Sam Rockwell. Never heard of it. Uh, I saw it back in the day. I think it's, it might be the first time I saw Sam Rockwell mm. in, in anything. Um, where he's... Poor Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles? <sighs> yes, he's in yeah. that briefly. But Green Mile is when I first noticed Sam uh, Rockwell. And that was like two years after this. Mm -hmm. Yeah. A uh, uh, little kid and kind of a loser. Uh, become friends and it's rural and, and it's alright 
They're in a house. They put a bunch of traps up. Yeah, pretty much. Home Alone? Okay. Um, and yeah, I do remember that. And wow, this is interesting, mainly in conjunction with a movie we'll talk about in the next episode. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The Rainmaker, starring Matt Damon, Claire Danes, John Voight, Danny DeVito, and Donnie Glover. Oh, sorry, Danny Donald Glover, Glover uncredited. This is a, that's an amazing cast. And I do remember Madsen, Star- this, this, directed yeah. by, and written and directed by Francis Ford Coppola. Yeah. Written? Mm-hmm. Yes. Wow. Yeah, or, yeah, I believe. I can double check that. But uh, yeah. It, yeah. John Grisham adaptation, nobody cares about. Nobody yes. cares. It, 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 did, it did teach me what a Rainmaker is. What is a Rainmaker? Is, it, it's like a case or a gig or whatever that will just make you a lot of money. Oh, it's right? not one of those things you turn upside down and it goes. <laughs> 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 My DVD does that if I do it. Uh, but it's I I was just reading that Francis Ford Coppola only read the book picking it up in an airport like what the fuck is everybody so excited about John Grisham novels before and finished it before the plane landed and like how do he do that all right I'm gonna make this my next movie because I thought it was Coppola was struggling for a while he made that awful oh, movie yeah. Jack uh, I'd assume to pay off some debts but no he wanted to make this movie uh, but it stars Matt Damon which is weird because the world mostly discovered him as a leading man a week later. Mm-hmm. Um, but also midnight. <laughs> Jesus, um, right. do we have to yeah. omit Kevin Spacey from this? Uh, <laughs> I'll, I'll edit him out of the clip. If okay, we're replacing with Christopher Plummer. Midnight <laughs> in the Garden of Good and Evil. What happened? Oh, that Jim Williams went and shot somebody. Can I pay? My client has nothing to say. If you'd like to spike that up? There's a bar right there. No, oh, thank you. I'm still on duty, Mr. Williams. The place is fantastic. Like gone with the window in Mexico. <laughs> it's just a shooting, but give it time. It's going to be rather sticky for Jim. Listen to me. They walk imaginary pets here, Garland, and they're all heavily armed and drunk. New York is boring. I'll call you later. <laughs> <laughs> that's the most like '90s post-Tarantino line. Yeah. That's gone with the wind on mescaline. <laughs> yeah, that's awful. <laughs> Big fan of mescaline, though. Yeah. Uh, all right. So, Midnight in the Garden of Good and Evil, directed by Clint Eastwood. This was oh. was this highly anticipated Cut for the rest of the country. Print. Uh, well, it, I, well, I was, it was a really popular book. It was. It is to this day the longest-standing New York Times bestseller book, spending 216 consecutive weeks wow. on the bestseller list. That's four years. God damn, four Holy years. Uh, and uh, this, I'm pretty sure. I was looking at the locations uh, before we started the show. I'm pretty sure my grandmother's <laughs> funeral was held at one of them. <laughs> I, I'm from this area. My parents lived. In, my grandparents lived in Savannah. So, like, for some reason, everybody was talking about the book, and then the whole South was like, they're shooting. Clint Eastwood mm. shooting this awesome book movie here. It seemed like the whole South was a buzz. I don't know if that mm. was the case in the rest of the country. Yeah, and the movie yeah. came out with a, with a wet fart. No one said, <laughs> like, it got yeah. pretty terrible reviews. It got okay mm. reviews. Uh, some parts are, are better than others. <clears throat> um, I mean, the plot is that uh, John Cusack's a New York City writer, and he goes down to Savannah and Savannah thinks everything's Georgia. crazy, uh, and then stumbles into, you know, like a murder case because... Kevin Spacey. This is going to get uncomfortable. Kevin Spacey <laughs> is accused of shooting uh, Jude Law, who may or may not be his. Well, is his gay lover, and no one knew that his younger gay lover. His his Jude Law in this movie. I swear to God, wandered out of a Joel Schumacher movie. He he is like <clears throat> he is like so sweaty and rednecky, and mm, and yeah. just you're like, hmm. wait, what? Where did you? Why are you? Why are you Jude Law anyway? What the what the hell? Yeah, so I mean, Kevin Spacey's very, very proper kind of gentleman, doing sort of his uh, his 
Got a perfectly manicured mustache. He's got his sort of house of cards. Frank Underwood. And, <laughs> gonna uh, tap that ass. Yeah, and it's like, well, did he shoot him just to kill him, or did he shoot him in self-defense? And there's all kinds of other crazy people going on. Oh, and- God, would you go and mix me up a Jesus juice? <laughs> There's so. two kind of gardens in this world. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, oh, yeah. and I, is also, that a PlayStation Vita you're playing, son? <laughs> and also, there's voodoo. Yay! <laughs> All right. Oh, and a tra- and a transgender woman. No need. Played played by the real transgender woman who was in, in, involved in the thing. Lady really? Shuli. Well, cool. yeah, because yeah. it is based on a true story. <laughs> oh, it is. I yeah. believe, yeah. Yeah, oh, I, I mean, I know that because of the allegations that have come out in the last oh few boy. weeks. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. But yeah. uh, another 302010 about Southern Bells. Mm-hmm. You guys, Yay. this is a big through line in 1997. Man, oh, all right. Man. Well, can I please get into the movie? Oh, yeah. were you, I didn't want to cut you off, Dime. No, pretty much uh, the movie's just sort of eh. Yeah. That's all I have to say about it, really. It's eh. We, I mean, we get into the Kevin Spacey weirdness, but it's just Oh, do you want eh. to? Not yeah. really. Not, no, really. not really. I don't But need... at least Jude Law is of age in the I... film, so let's just go with that. Uh, I wanted to get into the it's movie. It's my birthday. But I just <laughs> I recently... I just turned 19! <laughs> oh, no, I've been shot! Uh, I recently watched the next movie for the Same first here. time since 1997. Uh, this is... Oh, Jesus, I don't know what to say about this. Another one that's like, what the fuck? An enchanted world. The Tsar of Imperial Russia. A sorcerer's curse. I will not rest until I see the end of the Romanov line forever! A young princess. Anastasia! Grandma! Who vanished without a trace. One of the greatest mysteries of all time is now the most magical motion picture event of our time. This Thanksgiving, 20th Century Fox proudly presents Anastasia. Anastasia. (sighs) Very, very notable film. So you guys don't like this movie, but for people my age, this is a pretty big movie. Yeah, like I I know. Yeah. It was turned into a Broadway musical this year. I know. Uh, know. Tony nominated. I I went... I like it a lot of stuff I don't like. Yeah, yeah. there's a, there's a there. I love 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 Don Bluth. Don Bluth. Yeah, me too. Yeah. As, uh, he Bluth ruled man. the '80s as far as animation goes. American Tale is fucking wonderful. Land Before Time is great. Secret of Nim. Uh, on into yeah. well, Jesus. This is Fox's first Fox's first collaboration with Don Bluth. Mm-hmm. The second would be uh, Titan A.E., which mm-hmm. I also love. Uh, but that <laughs> killed animation a, at Fox. Yeah, it's until a one-two punch that really. It's the same as um as. Uh, Quest for Camelot mm-hmm. into Iron Giant. Just do, Warner Brothers was like, no, we're not doing this again. Yeah, it's just that like what I hate most about Don Bluth is when he 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 has no idea how to be successful. Well, he rose to prominence by bucking some of the tropes and stare in like just cliches mm-hmm. that he was forced into at Disney. Fox mm-hmm. and the Hound is a really fun film because of how Disney it isn't. Yeah, this is the I American Tale is so great. Until they start singing, it's the worst. They are the worst songs. They are the worst like musical numbers. They feel. I, I do like there's something out there okay. somewhere out there. The other ones are fucking terrible. I don't even remember the other ones? They're poorly choreographed. <laughs> they're bad songs. They they seem so obligatory. And then the land before times, like boom, here, just the movie you want to make, no songs, mm-hmm. really good. Secret of them, wonderfully dark. Love that fucking film. You're, you're not mentioning Rocket Doodle, Chris. Uh, I like Rocket. <laughs> I like Rocket Doodle. I just haven't seen it that many times. I, I did it's rewatch this because I like the craft of Don Bluth, but I it's think, a gorgeous movie. Like, like yeah. it's got yeah. serious story the, problems. The animation is beautiful. The yeah. backgrounds are fantastic. <laughs> I, my biggest problem with this is because this is aping Beauty and the Beast so fucking hard. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And really part is. of the problem of the musical numbers is that this is rotoscoped in that this is so very clearly. <laughs> Human sh- yeah. human camera shots of people traced over 
to make mm-hmm. living animation. When you even in Beauty and the Beast, and for the most part in all Disney musical numbers of that era, they're lavish in something you cannot do in real life. Mm-hmm. This is constantly just like these are just filmed people. Yeah. We talked about copy this. and pasted. I mean, the other thing it apes from uh, Beauty and the Beast is talking animal, well, Talk, yes. talking things, which is like yeah. Anastasia. It's kind no, of a weird. Oh, let me get let me get to that in one moment. One in one moment, but like, uh, but just even with Belle, like, there's certain scenes. This camera angle doesn't exist in the real world. This is mm-hmm. a thing of beauty that Disney made, and that mm-hmm. is not the case with Anastasia. Yeah. And you know what the ugliest thing about Anastasia, and this is the thing you should check out first, I went to rent this on Amazon, and Fox made a new cover to make Anastasia look like a, a new CG movie. It's the and it's like, cover too. I was, is this the right movie? This is the ugliest thing I've ever fucking yeah. seen. I think this is free on Netflix, though. It's, God damn you lost it. out, man. God damn it. <laughs> uh, but it's, it Glory's was, five bucks a target. <laughs> it was neat to revisit, but I'm, I still like, I'm not a Pocahontas fan because no one should be. That please don't sucks. tell a real story. Mm-hmm. But that's what they do here. Yeah, yeah, and this is also painted by the brush where it's like, yeah, my girlfriend. Well, we went to New York a couple months ago, and she wanted to see this so bad on Broadway. Mm-hmm. Uh, I had never seen it, and then when we got back. She was like, "Oh yeah, let's watch Anastasia on Netflix." Mm-hmm. Uh, we ended up seeing Waitress, which we talked about like last year yeah. on 2010. Oh, yeah. yeah, that's a fun one. Yeah, uh, but yeah. So when we watched the movie. Uh, I just like oh let me look up actually this actual person oh they just <laughs> like a shit. couple years ago they actually just said oh debunked yeah she, everything yeah they debunked like yeah. she she died in that forest like in that forest and Rasputin Rasputin's an animated character Rasputin yeah. okay, that, a, a living my, monster there's my big problem <laughs> yeah played by Kelsey Graham <laughs> no, <laughs> no played by Christopher oh, Lloyd no, Christopher Lloyd this Kelsey is the Grammer's film debut of Kelsey Grammer as a voice and that seems insane that The wow. Simpsons was that ahead of the time well, to mm-hmm. cast him as the voice of an animated character he's an incredible voice yes he's like one of the best voice actors He's been in a billion things since then yeah. uh, but this is there the a scene in this movie where he steps on a bunch of rakes oh good lord <laughs> <laughs> yeah so here's, here's here's my problem the, the, Anastasia I mean previously the story's been adapted with Ingrid Bergman Yul Brynner mm-hmm. and a, that's a really good movie um, and you know yeah it's a true story about uh, you know the Tsar of Russia and all his kids were killed by the Soviets and then this lady pops up and says no I didn't really die I'm actually Princess Anastasia mm-hmm. And yeah, it turns out, oh no, it's all a fraud. <clears throat> but uh, yeah, instead of just having the the problem be like her, people don't believe her or mm. relatives aren't sure. Instead, we have to create a bad guy, a supernatural bad guy who is Rasputin in hell <laughs> itself. In hell. <laughs> His limbs are falling her. off. Yeah. Yeah, and he's, I mean, he's animated well, but, and it's disgusting. And also, he has to have a cute animal sidekick. Yeah. That would be... Who, is Hank Azaria doing a Minnesota accent? That would be Bartok, the albino bat. Which, when I was a kid, I assumed what? that was, like, Eastern European. It's bizarre that, that like... What the fuck is happening? Don Bluth... What is this word salad I just said? Don Bluth, that's he was... what he does. He's just like, let's do this and this and this and put them all together. But yeah. Bartok, the movie, looks amazing. It, yeah. Yeah, and it was directed by Don Bluth as well. And mm-hmm. it's cursed forever to be in full frame because it was released before home video had on, widescreen. On VHS, right? Oh, that's right. He gets a spinoff. Yes, yes he, he gets, gets a spinoff movie. film. Oh uh, and you have a little clip from that awful trailer. From the animators who brought you Anastasia. Oh, that's a weird thing. A land of mystery. A kingdom in peril. And to save the day, an albino bat? Yeah, well, appearances <laughs> can be deceiving. Bartok Ooh, the Magnificent. Ta-da! Everyone's favorite bat. 
is back. Right back at you, my... <laughs> Jesus. Um... Hank Azaria reprising his role as Bartok, but it got mm -hmm. a straight-to-video sequel, and for my sister loves this movie. For younger people, I think you could... I yeah. can easily see how it'd be in the rotation with Aladdin and Beauty and the Beast and all that yeah. shit. But yeah. I, I find I don't like it when Don Bluth just embraces the formula he sought to leave behind by leaving mm -hmm. Disney and, and bringing people with him in the first place. Well, he kept burning bridges and getting mm -hmm. booted out of production companies and stuff. That like he, I think he saw that as like, okay, I need to make Play sure ball. my I need to make sure my kids can go to college. I, I believe the backstory was that Fox wanted to remake some of its musicals in animated yeah. form, like King of King and I was like. That was the one they were supposed to do in an animated version did, of that, which that would actually, eventually happen. Yeah, it happened, right? Uh, yeah. But that's how we get to the story. A bunch of weird stuff. It was nominated for an Oscar for the song Journey uh, Journey to the Past. Diana, do you know what it lost to in 1997? 19... Oh, I do know. Do you? Uh, Is it 3-6 Mafia? No. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's it's something uh, we could have mentioned. We I can't one, believe we haven't talked about it one, yet. One, I've been holding back on it. Mm. One of the reasons that Celine Dion sold 31 million copies. Oh. Mm. oh. Yeah, yeah. My fart will go long? Exactly. That's the one. The thing you, you can't type it. right now on an iOS 11 device. Uh. <laughs> um, but also, so th that movie did, it did pretty well. It did fine. But no, it was made significantly cheaper than Disney's films and did about the same. But it also, do you know why it didn't make more money than it could have? No. Because Disney put out a movie we talked about last week. Uh, they put out the re-release of Little Mermaid. Now, the which, producer uh, accused uh, Disney of bullying them. and But I just played the clip from Cinderella. That was a tradition. They re-released all of their movies around Thanksgiving. They did have, it 10 years ago. I recently heard from an actual Disney employee who said that was intentional. How was it intentional? They said that we're, we were they, promoting our holiday line of yeah, Little Mermaid They were stuff. annoyed that Fox was yeah. aping their style, and they put out, like, okay, fuck you guys, because this is coming out. But on 10 years ago, on the same day, they did the same thing. And they've done it. They did it every year. But they normally yeah. do it the seven-year cycle. They mm -hmm. and they were putting it out on a VHS. They, I, this, a guy who is like a Disney historian <laughs> who is on a great podcast that uh, he does mm -hmm. about Disney history, and he worked with the company for decades. Said this, this was intentional. I believe him. I don't. I, I just, I looked at the schedule. There's either for up until the '90s, there was a summer and a November Disney animated release, mm -hmm. either new or uh, re-release. That was always what happened. So, but it was. Right, it was the yeah. week before. But they could have chosen specifically Little Mermaid mm -hmm. just to fuck yeah. with them. Like, it oh, you like Aladdin. redheads? Oh, we got redheads. Uh, yeah, maybe that is the case. Uh, I don't know. And this is, it was also when they were, there's a whole bunch of, like, Little Mermaid in the late 90s is also when they were like, put her in the parks, and they were having trouble with that. Mm -hmm. uh, it took forever. Stuff yeah, it, it took forever. To and there were there were a lot of stops and starts of what was going to, we could do a whole. Yeah. I mean, by, that, by the way, yeah, that. John Cusack doing uh, Double Duty this week. Yeah. Well, he recorded that a year ago. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, but I, I I do I don't find this movie very satisfying, especially because I because I it's, like it's the man who made it so much, and yeah. it, it does it looks it's it, far from his worst. It does look sure. jarring mm. just because it's human beings clearly rotoscoped, mm. and I don't know that never looks as satisfying to me when he until he makes like creatures and mice and singing. Roosters, like I prefer that version of Don Bluth. Mm -hmm. uh, but shifting gears, incredibly. <laughs> Here's a satisfying movie. I cannot believe this is number one at the box office. Yeah. Your planet, our world, had begun to merge into one realm. Think of it as hell on earth. I thought our victory closed those portals. Mother. If I am correct, your mother Sindel is the key to all of this. By reuniting with her, cause spell will be broken. This is the beginning of the end. <laughs> Indeed, it is. Uh, it's it's number one at the box office and still a box office bomb. I, yeah. I think we're it's, we're entering that weird period where Which you can be number like, one for a week and still fail. Yeah, mm -hmm. but how yeah how's it number one? 
and well, fails when it, it ha- cuts corners so much. The budget is way less. The franchise yeah. was huge. But the one thing they do is fan service. They put talk- everybody in there. Not, yeah. We are talking about Mortal Kombat Annihilation. Yes, uh, sorry, yeah. terrible Mortal- movie. Oh, it somehow makes the original Mortal Kombat movie look great. Yeah. And I was yeah. reading that like they they adapted based loosely on the events of Mortal Kombat Three. What? But they also had they also had insight of Mortal Kombat Four. Oh, and yeah. so they had so p- some of the movie was fil- filmed with Mortal Kombat four plot elements. Yeah. Never like was filmed with that in mind, and they just decided to cut them all. Oh really? So, so the movie, whenever I think about it, I'm like, was that a season of a television show? There's like I eighty guess. fucking yeah. characters. In yeah, this, this movie. is like, and they kill fifty of them in the first scene. <laughs> yes, they they like uh, this came out a couple months after Mortal Kombat trilogy came out mm-hmm. on PlayStation and N64, and that game was like. You want every single Mortal Kombat character ever, even though they shouldn't be fighting each other because yeah. it's kind of broken. Here you go. And I was like, I love that game for how We're broken We're balancing it. And, this. Yes. And then this like movie did the same thing, which is why like I remember I wrote a... a I think I wrote a decent review of this for my high school paper. Like, this movie's <laughs> fucking awesome. Every Mortal Kombat guy's in there. Dude, even, Mortal Kombat fans, even Ermac. Yeah. Ermac, a yeah. mistaken... <laughs> A yes. mistaken glitch as they a do the human thing, character. Like, when they show, I do the first movie too. But mm-hmm. when they show up, the guy off screen's like smoke. Like, where are you? <laughs> Jesus Christ! This is—it's so silly. I'm kind of uh, dying to watch a classic it. Classic line. Well, what is it for Sindel? Toasty. Like, no, no. It was like, <laughs> I thought you were dead. I was. Yes. I was. <laughs> but soon you will be. Uh, I, I have not seen this. I walked out of the theater. Because wow. I was as a Mortal Kombat fan, I was so upset. <laughs> uh, yes, I rolled a ball out of the theater yes. underground into Bean. Uh, I believe that's what it was. You were moving Christ. so fast, but it felt like you were moving at all. Uh, we do Monday Night Movies, yeah, and I think this is we, a really good contender. You do have uh, was Mortal Kombat a Monday Night Movie or a pre- yeah, it was. yeah okay. I so can't remember if it was regular commentary, one. but yeah, so we have that already. Oh I'm, boy. I would like to close the uh, the circle, even though there wasn't wasn't there like a recent Mortal Kombat There's movie? A, there, there was, was a series, series. Oh, which is pretty shit. decent, pretty good. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's it. Was it two seasons? I believe um, they did. Yeah, from I can't this didn't get the mm-hmm. movie revival that uh, Street Fighter did with that Cammy movie. That was awful. Yeah, that movie sucks. movie. Yeah. <laughs> it was even more awful. Oh, I wish it was a Cammy movie. Yeah. Uh, but that I don't know how much we don't have a lot of time to talk about Mortal I, Kombat Annihilation. I, but I it, said everything I want to. It, I so want to say Dave says so it. bad and cheap and dumb and uh, weird and makes no sense if you have no idea. Oh, yeah. Like you, it's I mean it's a direct sequel in that it starts exactly at the ending yeah. of the first Mortal yeah. Kombat. With like, none of the same cast. And they, with none of the same. And they cast. kill one of the the best characters from the first movie, which is Don, Johnny, Johnny Cage. Cage. Yeah, the guy who's like the good comedic. Uh, uh, like element that he yeah. adds like some good comedy moments to the movie. I love. I have to get a gif of him falling in the water with all the luggage on his back. And, <laughs> and because they do that, because it starts so soon, it's like, oh, so the first movie didn't matter at all. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So now <laughs> the one thing I will defend about this movie is James Remar as Raiden. He's almost as good as Christopher Lambert. Like oh. he's just he's. Like he does it a little bit differently, but he's still got that deep kind of like, <laughs> like God of Thunder voice that like, oh yeah, I totally buy this guy from the Warriors as Raiden. Yeah, yeah. Dexter's dad is uh, Raiden. <laughs> uh, but yes, let's move into TV in 1997, November 17th to the 23rd. Um, what do we want to start with here? Still a weird week. Uh, I mean, we could just mention that the Incredible Hulk animated series ends yeah. on the 23rd. Mm-hmm. Uh, two seasons of 21 episodes. A confusing show for me yeah. as a kid because it's like. It's trying to bridge the gap. It tries to be like the few years earlier, you know, like 
shitty episodic mm-hmm. uh, animated comic book shows mm-hmm. and then also fit in like the Batman the Animated Series world mm-hmm. um, and it just doesn't really work Does that it well. end with him walking away with the sad song playing? <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't think so. <laughs> uh, but it had She-Hulk on it. Yeah, I that's believe. what I remember oh. about it. Yeah, exactly. Never that's, seen her on screen before. It was the first time we really got to see She-Hulk in a thing mm-hmm. who is maybe my favorite Marvel character. I'm a big She-Hulk fan and I think this started my obsession with I her. I would rather read the last 10 years of She-Hulk than <laughs> The Incredible Hulk. It's been consistently yeah. better. Um, She-Hulk's always great. Yeah. Um, and Cree Summer played She-Hulk which was oh, uh, which hey. interesting. You know, yeah, that was it was cool. It was a fine show. There's the theme there if you want to play that you I can. do, especially if it has lyrics. It sort of does. Oh, oh. <laughs> you're, I mean, you're not far. I just guessed that. Can you hear him saying that? Again, with footage way cooler than what's actually <laughs> yeah, in the show, yeah. it is. I remember it looked bad. It looked oh, bad. Man. Later on, the they redo that intro and just cut in scenes from the show, which because they need to put She Hulk mm-hmm. in the intro because she does yeah. become like the second lead of the show. And I, a little trivia for me, Chris Antista, I like to buy cheap motherfucking animation cells, <laughs> mm-hmm. and even cheaper than an animation cell from the show, I have on the wall. Uh, from a 1970s honeycomb commercial. Incredible Hulk enjoying a spoonful of honeycomb. Yeah. Picked that up for 15 bucks. I stole that cell for Beautiful. You haven't noticed. Beautiful. Um, what, uh, what else we got? Let's see. On the 18th, we have Just Shoot Me's My Dinner with Woody. This is an interesting episode of the show because it's about uh, one of the main characters... Um, Whose name I can't remember right now. Yeah, uh, she David starts. Spade, Wendy Malick. No, not the David other guy, Spade, not the Wendy Malick. guy. No, not him. Oh. the woman, the main character. I just watched oh, this yeah. episode again. Whatever. She starts dating a guy who thinks he's Woody Allen. Uh, so mm. he like lives his life as Woody Allen, not just as Woody Allen, but like he talks to the camera, which there's no camera there. He, and, like, he, he, <laughs> Laura Sangiacomo. Laura Sangiacomo, uh, okay. who's one, oh my god, she's a where is she now? She's amazing. Yeah, she should be pretty woman in this, and then she's gone. Mm. Um. And she, so she's dating this guy who thinks he's Woody Allen, and then because she wants to interview him for the magazine mm-hmm. that they they work for, she wants to interview a Woody Allen impersonator. No, she wants to interview Woody Allen, and it turns out to be this guy. Oh, okay. And she starts dating him, and then uh, played by John J. Smith. She huh? ends up. Uh, is it? That's a joke. <laughs> <laughs> oh, <laughs> she ends up. More uh, references. Uh, Gotta yeah. stop. She ends <laughs> up breaking up with him, and then uh, at the end of the episode, which is not the clip we have here, at the end of the episode, uh, she gets a call from Woody Allen, and turns, oh. and it really is Woody Allen doing a voice cameo, oh. uh, really? who calls and just talks to her for a second. Clearly, is not recording. How, how old are you? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, there's a couple weird things um. to the episode like that, but mm-hmm. there's a, there's a quick clip of uh, of showing how they have this guy talk with Woody Allen. He's kind of a fun Woody Allen. So long, Kristen. I hope you get help. So that's how it ended. She was a great girl, maybe could have even been the love of my life, but that's the way it goes. What are you doing? I did see her one more time. (laughs) Stop that. She was coming out of the film Showa, which I considered a victory, although a minor one because she left 10 minutes after it had started. That's directly from Annie Hall, isn't it? Uh, Nina, Nina, who is the name I can remember. Well, they do do retell the joke from Annie Hall. That's pretty good, but they got, I don't know who that guy is. That's a great impression. It's a good, 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 subtle impression, and he... Looks he like, looks him, like in the him. scene. It's very, it's very. They pull from a couple of Woody Allen things, but it's mm-hmm. mostly Annie Hall. Like they cook lobsters and stuff mm-hmm. like that. There's a, there's a montage, and mm-hmm. the episode ends with her talking to the camera, being like, mm-hmm. you know, we, I didn't see him again. But then you find out she's like talking to like the water delivery guy or something. Hmm. <laughs> uh, then on the nineteenth was the Drew Carey show episode. Drew's brother. Was oh, this mm-hmm. the introduction of him? Yes, it's oh, the wow. first episode with Drew's brother. Who uh, let's we'll play the clip real quick, and then we'll talk about why this is an important yeah. TV character. Lewis. Uh, Steve. <laughs> Oh, come on, Lewis. That prank was almost 20 years ago. So you peed blue a couple of days. 
I thought I was dying. <laughs> Parents took me to the hospital. They poured barium in every orifice of my body. Oh, sure, they tried to make it fun. Told me to think of my butt as a hungry clown. <laughs> I don't. I, this show, for some reason, airs every second over my antenna. Yeah. And it's still laugh. Or no, ha. Laugh or ha. ha like, network. Yeah, I, I cut the cable cord, but for some reason, I'm, I'm digging this over-the-air thing. Mm. Man, that PBS, pretty good. <laughs> um, and, uh, so they, they introduced uh, Drew's brother, in, Steve. In, in the, he becomes like a major character. He's a huge yeah. character uh, for later the rest on. of the show. Yeah. He marries uh, Mimi. Yeah. Um, he's, and he, he starts uh, cross-dressing. Well, that. that's the thing. Yeah. So he's so he's the Zodiac Killer. Uh, he play, he's, <laughs> play, he's played by the Zodiac Killer from the movie Zodiac. Mm. Uh, so he he is. they introduce him as, like, he's Drew's tough older brother that mm-hmm. beat us all up in high school and, like, makes fun of us and gives us dumb nicknames and then you find he's a cross-dresser mm-hmm. and the whole message is like yeah that doesn't make me like a wimp or anything like I like wearing dresses like what's weird about that and all every, all the characters are cool with it they're like yeah my brother's a cross-dresser and, it's, like, that's it's such an odd thing well, to be introduced into yeah. that series yeah. uh, yeah, that the husband hindsight. from Fargo is now yes it's yeah. him <laughs> yeah uh, I forget his name right now, but he uh, and it's it's just a, it was a cool character to have on TV I think to show yeah. like yeah. like hey be into whatever you're into like it doesn't matter uh, and doesn't make you a weirdo or a creep or anything just because you do something that your you know your boss or your dad thinks is weird. Yeah, John Carroll Lynch is John Carroll yeah. Lynch who's in the so many, he's in so many things, he's but in, every time I see him, I'm like, oh, there's Drew Carey's brother. He That's is it. oh, he is uh, one of the McDonald's brothers in the founder. Yeah, the founder. I believe, oh, wow. which nice. is just a fun yeah. movie. Ron Swanson. Yep, and he's the scary evil clown on American Horror Story. Oh my god, and he's a bunch. Of, uh, yeah, he always pops up, and he's always so good. Comedy drama. So he's, he's the Zodiac Killer, yeah. and he's John Wayne Gacy. Yeah, pretty much. Man, also, so, also, that guy's not aged in twenty years. Like, yeah, even he looks exactly the same. Yeah. All right, but this is a big week, so we got to move on. So uh, the nineteenth, the South Park episode, Starvin' yes. Marvin. Yes. Well, uh, speaking of Thanksgiving, it's not Thanksgiving this week. I think uh, next episode we'll be talking about Thanksgiving nineteen ninety seven. But but you got to put South your Thanksgiving- Park was that huge hit, and then it had six episodes. And you had to wait like a month. You had to wait for a Halloween month for episode Halloween and a to- month for a Thanksgiving, and then episode. a month for Christmas, which wow. we'll be talking. I think about. this episode had its own VHS release. Yeah, yeah probably. Maybe. Maybe but, another episode I mean, the episode itself is kind of like meh. But yeah. the uh, the whole thing about genetically modified turkeys going wild, that's basically the first <sighs> three levels of South Park South 64, Park. which is basically all that anyone ever played of South Park 64 because Just you get so worst. tired of the, the campaign in that game. It's like... Fuck it, I'm done. Yeah, I've seen all the turkeys. Just the word, and just people. Is it Starvin, original thing? Starvin Marvin is. Star, it? Yeah, they adopt the East East Ethiopian kid. They yeah. keep calling him Easternopian. Easternopian or Ethernopian. I wish I can't get out of my head. Twenty years later. Yeah, I think about and all the time. Cartman gets. I guess it's like a a family exchange or whatever. Mm-hmm. I forget how, but he's in Ethiopia for the whole episode. Well, Starvin mm-hmm. Marvin is a chain of convenience stores. In really? South. Yeah, oh, it yeah. is. Oh. Yes, yes it is. Uh, yeah, or it and was. Starvin Marvin only talks with clicks. Yeah. Which, the one joke I always think of is where uh, they're at a buffet and Starvin Marvin is like horrified by the fact that they have a buffet yeah. in America and and they're bringing them appetizers and Cartman's like, oh, these are appetizers. These make you more hungry, and he looks horrified. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, uh, not an episode I remember back e- for. they were even playing on their own like in jokes at this point like no stabbing Marvin yet my pet pet Jesus um, uh, then on the 20th uh, the Seinfeld episode oh. The Betrayal airs mm-hmm. which uh, this episode is it's the backwards episode yeah. it is not a memento reference it is a reference to the Pinter play The Betrayal which uh, shows a relationship Ooh. backwards yeah. so you start with people breaking up uh, and then the last scene they fall in love with each other uh, we, we have a clip from that as well uh, hey how you doing Oh, hi. Uh, I'm Jerry Seinfeld. I'm moving in. I saw your name on the buzzer. You must be Kessler. Uh, no, actually, it's Kramer. Uh, <laughs> uh, do you need any help? Or... No, thanks. But I ordered a pizza. You want some of it? Uh, n- no, no, no. I-, I-, I couldn't impose. Why not? <laughs> We're neighbors. What's mine is yours. 
Really? <laughs> That's, That's fucking great. great. Yeah. And uh, his yeah, original talk- name was Kessler. Yeah, we talked about yeah. that. We had an episode a couple uh, months ago about uh, TV pilots and how they've changed, like they changed mm-hmm. when they became successful shows. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they call mm-hmm. his name was Kessler in the first episode, and you only hear him say like once in that episode. But yeah, that I love that they go back to like the last three scenes of that show of they just the betrayal are back. like way before the show even started. Mm-hmm. So there's like yeah. I think Susan meeting George for the first time or something like that. I forget what the other ones are, but it's like yeah, it goes before the show even started. Mm-hmm. Which is this hilarious. is the one where they go to India for a wedding. Yeah, well, I thought you were gonna do this in order. You should have done the show that came on at eight o'clock. Uh, the nine o'clock but, show. Uh, yeah. The episode itself is not super great, mm-hmm. but I like the whole. There are like visual and weird little things. Like they'll do a scene and then they'll do five minutes before the scene, mm-hmm. and like Kramer's eating a lollipop that gets bigger as the show <laughs> goes on, <laughs> which is pretty weird. clever. Uh, but yes, at eight o'clock, uh, this is a big one for me. So this is a Friends episode called "The One with Chandler in a Box." Uh, so you remember we recently talked about uh, Chandler falling in love with Joey's girlfriend, yeah. right. and they end up dating, and Joey's mad about it. So this kind of goes on uh, for a couple of the episodes, and this is the episode where they finally make amends. Where it's the, it's the Thanksgiving episode, yeah. which Friends, you know, has they legendary. have great Thanksgiving episodes. There are some; mm-hmm. they're probably the best episodes yeah. of the show. Like they never had a good ho- Halloween or Christmas episode, really, but mm-hmm. they have great Thanksgiving. Yeah, episodes. like the football one, the turkey on the head, turkey on the head. <laughs> Just say this episode is directed. By a man named Peter Boners. <laughs> tell, me, tell me that is a that's two dick references. No. Like you, you, that has to oh, be a man. fake name. That poor guy. Cool. <laughs> or that guy who has a great life. <laughs> yeah, I'm Peter Boners. Fuck you. Oh, with his C. C. It's so cool. No. <laughs> with his C. Oh. He was a rapper. Uh, so in this episode, it's Thanksgiving, and they they think of they finally figure out what Chandler's punishment is, which is for Thanksgiving he has to be in a box. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so while everyone's eating and sitting at the table, oh. Chandler's in a box. So let's play a clip where he explains the box. So now, hmm, what exactly is the point of the box, Chandler? <laughs> the meaning of the box is threefold. One, <laughs> it gives me the time to think about what I did. Two. <laughs> how much I care about my friendship with Joey and three it hurts <laughs> uh, cute yeah. Yeah, it's just and a... Matthew Perry's really in that box wasn't there an... oh really yeah I thought that was like a, a reason like oh he's doing a movie this week uh, uh, maybe but, yeah. he's in yeah. other parts of the episode oh wow Peter Boners look at Peter Boners <laughs> uh, uh, wasn't there another Friends episode where I think Joey got trapped in a closet or something or like a Bureau. Oh yes, yeah. when they're they're making their they're building their entertainment center. Yeah, I think that one happens. Trapped from. inside of yeah. it. Yeah, <laughs> and they've also had there's plenty of yeah. that. It's yeah. a sitcom, so yeah. like or there's like the one where they're all they have their heads stuck in the door mm-hmm. and yeah. stuff like and Monica getting her head stuck yeah. in turkey <laughs> with the big sunglasses. On. <laughs> uh, and then on the twenty second, Rudy Giuliani hosted Saturday Night Live. Yeah, Ooh. I put yeah. this one in there, Ooh, yeah. uh, but it's one that I remember because like. 1997 was when the show started getting really good again. Mm-hmm. You know, they added Will Ferrell, uh, Chris Kattan, Jim Brewer. I swear, even though Sherry those last two names don't really mean anything <laughs> nowadays, they were huge. funny back 33% then. 33% of those are good. Yeah, Sherry O'Terry on a gas Yeah, I did plenty of Goat Boy impressions as a kid. Yeah. I have a Goat Boy action figure. Yeah. That thing's going to put You have that figure? The McFarlane figure? Yeah. So, yeah, Rudy Giuliani hosted this episode. fucking guy. And, like, Captain it's a very New York thing, like... You know, I, I uh, sort the of mayor hate it when host- they, they do that because like pretend oh, we all live so- in New York and care yeah. about this. Yeah, but also like Donald Trump hosts. Uh, yeah. But yeah, so yeah, I mean, speaking of that, 
they have a really SNL has a really bad track record of having uh, politicians host. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, was it Steve, Steve Jobs? Forbes. Steve Forbes. Ugh. Terrible episode. Uh, Al Gore was all right. Mm-hmm. They play both sides. Which Trump sucks. is maybe the worst episode ever. Yeah. And even though he's like that, Barely it's more yet. than him just being a shitty president. Like mm-hmm. he was not funny and was never. <laughs> it's bad. Host. Never let himself be the butt of a joke. And what I like about this episode, and mm-hmm. even though Rudy Giuliani is a, he, he's a terrible shitbag now, he, he is so game in this episode. Yeah. Dude, yeah. he he put he puts on a, he has like a, he puts a, on a dress, a lady and, character he does yeah, in New York. He plays a, like a yeah an Italian grandmother. Yeah. In <laughs> uh, but this is maybe my favorite uh, sketch that they did. I probably know what this one. Where to? Yeah. Fourteenth uh, and third. You got it. This is Richard Dreyfus. <laughs> Just put on your seatbelt. Don't act like some big shot. Just put it on now. <laughs> what the hell was that? Celebrities telling people to put their seatbelts on. The mayor put a tape in every cab. Freaking Giuliani! <laughs> That's it. That was, oh, that was the catchphrase about Giuliani for yeah. years. Freaking, Freaking Giuliani! Giuliani. Yeah. Like, you said it because you liked him. You said it because, like, oh, we cleaned up the city and stuff, yeah. you know? Mm-hmm. Did people, but, people liked him, right? Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, he especially, was, yeah, 97, he was on the job for a couple of years and did stuff like, you know, cleaning up Times Square. Maybe yeah. Times Square is a lot of corporations take over. Shout yeah. out local businesses. But it's also, way too clean now. Yeah, it, but it's also like, it was pretty, it was, was crime ridden before. Was there scary. should have been a happy medium between the scary. two. Yeah, I've never seen, I would like watch 80s movies and they'd be like, oh, you're going to Times Square. And I'd yeah. be like, what are they fucking talking about? There's a Lego store there. <laughs> <This is> Sabaro's <laughs> there. Uh, and yeah, and then like in four years, he would become. What mayor of America they America's called him, yeah. and he had another SNL appearance. Yep. Yeah, oh, uh, I mean that's the we'll get to the nine eleven, and, and then over over the next point. sixteen years he would piss that all away. Mm-hmm. Yeah, being an asshole, freaking Giuliani. Yeah, yeah. I always, freaking Giuliani. I always indeed. forget if it was. Oh God, was it like on uh, Conan or Letterman, or if it was on Weekend Update? His uh, anti graffiti plan that he did that was like. The anti-graffiti plan is if you tag something with your name, we're going to write sucks under. <laughs> and if we catch you a couple times, it sucks big time. That, that is what he did squander being yeah. a Because uh, yeah, there's, there's like, an Adam Sandler movie that's was ruined like, by like was it, post 9-11 Rudy yeah. Giuliani and Firemen appearing to save the day. I think it was the year 2000 where it was like, oh yeah, Giuliani has a chance. Like mm-hmm. He could be the Republican candidate for president. Yeah. But he's mm-hmm. just like... Yeah, at that point, everyone was like, dude, no, wait, it wasn't 2000, maybe it was 2004. Mm-hmm. But they were like, dude, the, every other word out of your mouth is 9-11. Like, yeah. Yeah. You, you've traded on this too hard, sir. Yeah, but that wraps up television, but we have a ton. Oh, Jeez, a, lot, a, lot, a lot, ton of guys. God damn, look at that All list. Right. Yeah, go, so I broke, these, I broke these apart by system. No, you'll but, like it, Tiny. Uh, so like on it. Nintendo 64, we had... Automobili Lamborghini. Hey, Your hey, favorite hey, game, hey, Chris, yeah. I would assume. Bagul, I'm driving it. I want a, I want a gabagool. No. Uh, Bomberman 64, Chameleon Twist. God, uh, Bomberman 64 was so cool because Bomberman was one of the greatest four-player yeah. games of all time, and this is the first time it comes on a system with four players. Yeah, that you could do right out, out of the, the box. box. Yeah, four controllers yeah. are like getting uh, a multi-tap yeah, or whatever. I mean, to buy four of those controllers were as much as the system, but it was possible. Well, you had four friends. Another great game that, well, there's also FIFA 98, but another great four-player game mm-hmm. is WCW versus NWO World Tour. Hell yeah. This is the first real... They had one PlayStation game, but this is the mm-hmm. first time that Aki, who's like one of the most legendary uh, video wrestling video game developers, they made this game, then they did WCW versus uh, NWO Revenge, mm-hmm. then they did WWF WrestleMania 2000, and then WWF No Mercy. 
A lot of people say those. So many W's. Yes. I know. <laughs> but Di- Diana, these <laughs> were the standard double, double, for double, wrestling double. video games yeah. for decades. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Till now. People still saying. love playing them. Like they'll play them at PAX every yeah. year and mm-hmm. shit like that. This one and No Mercy were like the. They were like two of the games you saw. It was like it was like you know the first like five years of the DVDs. Yeah. Everyone yeah. had the Matrix. I, I yeah. This was the N sixty four one. Of it's that. one of the few <laughs> merchandising things that I think strengthened wrestling. It introduced people yeah. by having yeah. a great game. But this like it's actually kind of a weird byproduct of the time where it's like. 96, like, end of 96 is when WCW started to really surge. Like, they brought in the NWO. For a developer to make a game in that time, even though it's the 90s and games are made quicker, it's still a hard target, like, oh, this thing is big. Can you get us a game for Holiday 97 that really, like, shows all of WCW? So this game doesn't really show all of WCW. There's only, like... It, it, it's a roster of like 80 wrestlers, mm-hmm. but it's only it, this is a port of a Japanese wrestling game, so they only have room for like 20 WCW it and NWO is? guys. No, and then there's like no, sadly, <laughs> but then there's like 60 guys who are like kind of um, ripoff versions of popular Mexican wrestlers, popular Japanese wrestlers. Mm. They can't use their real names, but it's like, oh, this guy he looks just like. Uh, like Giant Baba or like some other major Japanese wrestler of the Star time. Man. Yeah. But uh, here's a commercial that kind of uh, shows off some of the highlights of the game. It's WCW versus NWO World Tour. Gamebro calls it one of the fall's hottest titles. Yeah. Game Informer says it's the end-all, be-all of wrestling. Featuring over 20 of WCW's and NWO's top wrestlers. A four-player battle royal mode. And up to 40 moves per wrestler, including signature moves and foreign objects. All on Nintendo 64. <laughs> Call now. 1-800-WCW-8661. Or send 69.95 to the address on your screen. Also available wherever video games are sold. Wow, Oh, you uh, mail order. Mail seventy dollars to this 75 seventy five dollars because plus five dollars for shipping and handling. Oh, five dollars. I could have gone and picked yeah, it up. Yeah, but that's that's, a, that's <laughs> if if more time. I totally call that number. It's straight from the source. Yeah. You go to Toys R Us, you probably get that for seventy bucks. Yeah, probably. Yeah. Jesus Christ. Probably sixty five bucks. Jesus. In nineteen ninety seven money, so that's like three hundred bucks now. <laughs> Game Pro really did give it four and a half out of five stars. Yeah, yeah. it's Holy. not that tough to get a four like. It was a good game. Yeah, that's I get, a I nine get, out of ten. I know, but it's a, that's the one I like, own. And Game Pro also like, especially during that era, it's like, mm-hmm. oh shit, we love this game. Like they loved a lot of <laughs> yeah, games. Yeah, who can't like you know? But this, I I think it's almost it's worth that a nine at that point because mm-hmm. it was way better than anything that had come before. This is before really. like people were on the internet like you gave Zelda an eight point yeah. four. Like this this is back when it's like it's a good game. Uh, what does it get? I don't know, like a four point five. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I just, but like iterative shit. sequels like that for based on sports, for lack of a better term, yeah. like. Never do this well critically. Yeah, this is also GamePro wasn't averaging out their their mm. things. The score was fun factor. So ah. like graphics, like would they get their own score? But like the fun factor is the one that is. How the high is this score. guy's hair? <laughs> yes, that, exactly. Uh, I cannot yeah. believe that those real quotes from a Game polygonal Pro? origami pile of trash yeah. that it visually looks. That, like. I mean, those games are still fun to play nowadays. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, yeah. it's still are wrestling games that different now? Uh, They're basically I mean, the same, right? They, you have to With do a lot meters. more stuff. Like this is before like. Hell in a Cell, ladder matches, mm-hmm. like crazy stuff like that. Wrestling in the no parking lot. No Mercy had lots. a lot of that stuff, though. Uh, oh yeah, yeah. I think no Mercy had like you could pull weapons matches, out. Okay, let's. Yeah, they had, they had okay. weapons, we but not more ladders and cells and yeah. elimination chambers and all that shit. Uh, PS One's better than N sixty four. Let's yeah. not not according to these releases. I think, uh, <laughs> well, there's one that will give one WCW br- a fight. Uh, PO'd, PO'd. A, a first person shooter. It was all right. I mean, it was all right for 1997. A Norse by Norse West, <laughs> uh, which is also 
known as Lost Vikings 2. Yeah, renamed Lost Vikings 2 for PS1. I, I mean, I like this. This is another game I played a lot of. Running through a cornfield and a ship is slowly rowing yes. towards you. A little dwarf with a hammer. I think it's the name of a cat dog episode. Yeah. Jesus. Um, um, NASCAR 98. NASCAR 98 and, and the Rappa, big one. The rapper. Woo. Dude, I oh, yeah. love yeah. this game. Here's a commercial. Every single day stress comes in every way. And got no time for nobody. My style is rich, though bad and witch. We'll make a cake today that looks rich. Crack, crack, the egg into the bowl. Crack, 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 the egg into the bowl. Barappa the Rapper, the great new music video game. We're us a cake that you've never seen before. Once you played it, you can't get it out of your head. The other day, I was called a little turkey. But I'm a chicken, got it? You beef jerky? That is like a 70-year-old man. He's probably dead, but... Is that you know. a Tim and Eric sketch? We were yeah. in the hip-hop, but I, I gotta think this may have had people rapping who never rapped before <laughs> yeah. because the whole yeah. game is based around Unplayed rhythm and music. The mind. Yeah, uh, just a yeah, classic game. It's been re-released so many different times on PSP. But remastered on, finally for and PS4. And remastered on PS4. Like, really yeah, fun. They, really cute. A enduring icon for PlayStation. Uh, With only one real game and one well, bad one? One real game and also was... I'm Jammer Lammy. You could unlock Parappa in I'm Jammer Lammy. That's true. It's part uh, of the verse, the Parappa I just find verse. it odd they've never revisited this in any way. It seems like the perfect yeah. downloadable oh. title. He wasn't... Wasn't he in PlayStation All-Star All Battle Royale? He is. Hey, so he's still... Yeah. Yeah. And he did you know, the PSP one. Yeah. And if you're like me and you made the sad choice of buying a Saturn, <laughs> you were enjoying the exclusive Sonic R. Uh, basically the most significant 3D Sonic game to date. Yeah. And it was a racing game. Though this is the one that did it right where it's like, it's Sonic is racing, but he's using his feet. Isn't yeah. he? He is. Yeah. But other, other characters have carts. Yeah, but most, so, uh, most everybody's just But every, t- every other time that Sonic is racing someone, be it like Mario in a foot race mm-hmm. in the Olympic Games or in... A great game that's actually turning five soon. Uh, Sonic Racing Transformed. Like, yeah. you shouldn't use a cart. Yep. He shouldn't be losing to Mario. Anything in Sonic gets in should only make him slower. He wants yeah. to make it fair. <laughs> <laughs> that makes sense. This game is so broken. I played so much of it, and I know all the songs. You can run anywhere. Like, yeah. as hard as you want. You can just run off it's the track ridiculous. and run around, and it doesn't matter. <laughs> like, a Mario Kart, you can't just drive off. Yeah, yeah. go into the water. Yeah. Um, but that's Sonic, and I can't believe I have to make this, is this Sophie's choice. the only choice. 3D Sonic game that came uh, out on the Saturn? Like, if you don't count Extreme, but that just had that like, never, more of a mode. Oh, sorry, uh, Jam. Uh, oh, Jam yeah, had, yeah. It had a mode, but it was mostly a collection. Yeah, of it was like a menu, wasn't it? Yeah. yeah, but no, there was a 3D, it's just not significant. But this yeah. is full 3D Sonic game, uh, first one before Adventure, which mm-hmm. Sonic would find himself and then lose himself several times. Yes. <laughs> uh, we just read Sonic Forces, yes. YouTube.com. Watch, our, watch the adventures of Fleshy the Bear. Yeah. And I can't believe I have to make the Sophie's Choice 2 outro, mm-hmm. the 1997 segment, November 17th to the 23rd. I can't do Supersonic Racing. I think we're going to have to go with <laughs> I Gotta Believe from Parappa the Rapper because yeah. the music is way more seriously, uh, yeah, sincerely good yes. than Sonic R. But we will be right back with 2007, November 17th to the 23rd.
Hello, Mr. and Mrs. Internet and all the ships at sea. It's time for Diana's Classic Corner. We look even further back in time this week to see if there's anything worth a watching. And for the week of November 17th through 23rd, yep, we got a couple things we can talk about. 75 years ago this week, November 21st, 1942, the cartoon A Tale of Two Kitties was released uh, with two cats that talk like Abbott and Costello, and that makes it the debut of Tweety Bird, 75 years old. And not a wrinkle, really, because um animated. But, you know... Obviously, Tweety has some attitude. He's always saying, like, buzz off from, like, stickers on the backs of cars and t-shirts you get at Walmart. I don't understand people's love of Tweety Bird, especially angry Tweety Bird. I just... I just don't understand. But, yeah, Tweety Bird's cute. I mean, whatever. 50 years ago this week, November 22nd, 1967, an easy recommend, one I have recommended a couple times before, but it is the 50th anniversary of The Producers, Mel Brooks's debut film. I love this movie so much. This is like one of, literally one of my top 10 movies of all time. I've seen it so many times. I always laugh myself sick. I use it kind of as a litmus test for people sometimes. It's like, are we going to be like best friends or are you just an acquaintance? Like if you don't quite laugh at the producers, you find it too offensive, then we're not going to be best friends. Um, but it is about uh, Zero Mustel and Gene Wilder who team up uh, to swindle a bunch of money out of little old ladies so they can put on the worst play ever and then they, you know, steal all the money that's left over after the show fails. To do this, they uh, get <laughs> they get a script called Springtime for Hitler, a gay romp with Adolf and Eva at Birkischgarten uh, that was written by an actual Nazi who's got some sort of brain damage. They hire a hippie to play Hitler and it is freaking hilarious. I said before I'm not a big fan of the musical, but the original 67 movie, Gene Wilder is, is a masterclass in frantic acting. He's honestly, I think it's his best performance. He's fantastic. So that's my recommend for the week. The producers from 1967. Please watch it. Uh, singing and dancing Hitlers are the best. And that's it for this week. Stay classic. Coming in to 2007, November 17th to the 23rd, that is apologized by One Republic and Timberland off of uh, One Republic's debut, Dreaming Out Loud. Will it surprise you that I've never heard this song before? Mm-hmm. Uh, but we also have new releases uh, somewhere in between by Streetlight Manifesto, Tangled Up by Girls nice. Aloud, Free at Last by Freeway, uh, an American Idol winner, Jordan Sparks' self-titled debut, The American Dream by Mike Jones, and X uh, by Kyle Kylie Minoj, my bad. Mm-hmm. Kiss Kiss by Chris Brown is still number one. How come he gets to work and not Kevin Spacey? Anyway. He's, uh, he's um, in a movie coming up, too. Uh, November November, November 17th to the 23rd. It's Thanksgiving Day. Yeah. November 22nd, 2007. I'm so excited. Um, hey, can I, hmm. can I tell a story? I yeah, know I, something that happened this Thanksgiving. What? Uh, I teased it a bunch of episodes ago when we were talking about uh, Darjeeling Limited. Mm-hmm. Uh, after I saw Darjeeling Limited, uh, I was actually back in England. Ten years after I had been in England, Michael and I went for a visit. Oh! And as we're walking back from Darjeeling, Darjeeling Limited, uh, he proposed. He proposed. Whoa. And can you yeah. tell me what item he proposed with? He proposed with a uh, ruby-studded grill. <laughs> set of gold teeth. Well, he, well uh, he had he had a diamond, which is in my <laughs> ring that I'm wearing right now. He didn't want to bring it with him on an international trip, so he uh, oh, also had got style. me. He also gotten me a grill in Myrtle Beach, and he he proposed with that. Oh wow! Oh, yeah, yeah. This may have been my first friendsgiving ever this year. 
Oh, oh uh, we, we call it Orphan Thanksgiving. Yeah, because the, the first year I lived in San Francisco... Nobody went, is from San Francisco who lives no, here. Yeah, but no, like no. 2006, I, I flew back for Thanksgiving and Christmas that year. And then I'm like, you know what? Uh, with my game journalist salary, I'm not going to be doing this anymore, so I'm going to choose. And you got to go with Christmas. It was... It was what where most of my credit card debt came from yeah. was doing Thanksgiving and oh. Thanksgiving and Christmas oh, to fly back can't. to Florida. No, you gotta nope. one. No more. But I, I, I just want to say it's somewhere. Isn't there? Isn't wasn't there Thanksgiving Day Macy's balloon news? Uh, that's that's well, that's, that's ninety seven. I think next because Thanksgiving falls on different days. And I'm saving it. Yes, I'm saving <laughs> it. Uh, but yes, Happy Thanksgiving, everyone in two thousand seven. Yeah. How about the movies though? Uh, man, August Rush. <sighs> I wish I would have seen this because a good friend of mine put a lot of work into this movie, and I remember her promoting it on social channels. Like, we, oh. I worked so hard on this, and like, I've never seen this movie, and oh. I don't know someone of that. I don't know someone personally of that stature who's made a movie this big, and I can't believe I haven't seen it. Oh. August Rush, though. Yeah, it's about. Sorry, uh, Lisa. No, it's about a, a kid who was put up for adoption, and then he's looking for his parents via music, mm-hmm. and. Uh, yeah, it was tough to find like a good clip out of the trailer or anything, but mm-hmm. Robin Williams appears to be dressed as Bono in it with a cowboy hat, so wow. that's always fun. <laughs> uh, we also have This Christmas, uh, Laz Alonzo, Chris Brown, Columbus Short, Mackay Pfeiffer, Regina King, Lauren London, and Idris Elba. I've never heard of this mm-hmm. film. Lots of uh, a big family gets together for Christmas, and uh, there's uh, conflict and parents and hookups and stuff. It's weird how... You can't call it Black Christmas because that's already a movie. <laughs> Is, oh, oh, it's yeah. a horror movie. No. Oh, no? <laughs> Um, and this, uh, the first stab uh-huh, uh, at a <laughs> Hitman movie, I've, still one in development, by the way, yeah. after all this time. Has anyone else seen this? Because I've have. seen uh, okay. I, I saw it a long time ago. Right, right. I reviewed this for GamePro. I haven't seen either of them. There are those who speak of a man bred from the world's deadliest criminals, raised by an exiled brotherhood of the church. His purpose, to rid the world of the evil that infects it. Mm, but not really. Hmm. I wanted him to say Agent 47 so bad. No, um, no one... The second said... movie's titled oh, Agent really? 47. Yeah. Yes, but this is the first stab at Hitman um, with Timmy, Timothy Oliphant, who's the one of the greatest ever and I I would have been interested in seeing a second one if he, he was in it. Yeah, he's like the he's, he's that's really good casting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's really good. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And also, Hitman is a pretty good idea for a game to be adapted to a movie because you know as much as there is a story in Hitman games, mm-hmm. who gives a shit? Like you're just a bald guy killing people, and like that's a cool visual. The barcode in the back of the head, the two guns. Like I'm mostly familiar with the latest game, but it's so open ended on how you kill people yeah. that just creating a couple of clever, elaborate scenarios. Yeah. That the audience wouldn't suspect. You could make a perfectly good movie out of this. And we'd speculated at working at a uh, big game website back in the day. Our UK team constantly wrote about Hitman, and we were like, "Series is fine. What what is this love of Hitman? Is there more of an I international mean, it's love developed for Hitman?" By Eidos, so it was yeah. developed in the UK. And the movies are financed by what looks like European and uh, Eastern European develop because there's one in development now. They've had two chances at a Hitman I movie. Played the movie. And the world played, said no. Uh, Agent Forty Seven after Timmy. Tim Oliphant who uh, probably look it up yeah, I kind of actually don't care so <laughs> yeah, this I think is... it was just a no name there was yeah. a guy who was willing Rupert to Rupert Friend head. I could have <laughs> just made that up you don't know <laughs> you don't know this is yeah, my buddy this was I mean better than I expected mm-hmm. uh, for video game movies but still not 
very good. Yeah. Sort of like, eh, I guess it's watchable, whatever. Is there a fun scene, I guess? And Timothy mm. Oliphant's always, like, yeah. interesting. Mm. Yeah. So, yeah, I liked him. Uh, but not even laughably but, fun? Mm, but not laughably bad. No. Not bad yeah. fun. Oh, Hitman. Yeah. This, this is such an odd array of films this week. Yeah. Jesus Christ, there's something for everybody yeah. here. Uh, I'm not there. The story, well, the multiple stories of Bob Dylan. Let's hear a clip from that trailer. Saying cause of peace is like saying like a hunk of butter. You know, I, I don't know how you can listen to anybody who wants you to believe is dedicated to the hunk and not the butter. I'm not sure I follow. You know, uh, I didn't come out of some cereal box. There's, there's no one out there who's ever going to be converted by a song. There's no um, Phil Oak song that's uh, uh, going to keep a movement moving. You know, or a picket line picketing. His songs acts a personal conscience. Jesus, that is Kate Blanchett. That's Kate Blanchett as Bob Dylan. Doing uh, pretty good. I mean, with the mannerisms. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But I mean, so this is a Todd Haynes joint, and Todd Haynes is one very interesting filmmaker. Carol. Uh, yeah, he did most Carol movie. and Velvet Goldmine. Mm-hmm. Deeply underrated movie. Can't wait till we talk about it. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah. R- Richard Gere, Christian Bale, and Heath Ledger, among others, play Bob Dylan, portraying. Yeah. technically different characters at various yeah. points in Bob Dylan's career in life. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, I always was sort of interested in this film. but <laughs> It's mm. pretty interesting. I mean, especially if like you know a lot I about don't. Dylan like I do. But even if you don't, I think you could kind of understand where it's coming from. Like, you know, why does he start as a little black kid? Mm-hmm. And then why does he, you know, the, the different changes in different characters that are related but are almost separate stories. Mm-hmm. And everyone does very they, everyone takes on the character differently like mm-hmm. uh, Christian Bale does a really he really sounds like uh, Dylan at times and sometimes doesn't and Richard Gere is just sort of being Richard Gere <laughs> and there's Kate Blanchett is Richard Gere to Doctor Who wig yeah it's... <laughs> 10 years before she was the goddess of death she was yes she Bob was Dylan. also Bob Dylan Dill. Yeah, uh, no, it's the God uh, yeah, it's it's pretty interesting I, I like it I have not se- I uh, but I have seen this film and I like it quite a bit the only way we're going to help ourselves is to seek rescue. Tie this around your waist. Or four. Well, let us know you got at least 300 feet. There's nothing out there. Nothing in the mist. Ooh. Peralta, go into yes. the mist. Uh, the captain yeah. from Brooklyn Nine-Nine. <laughs> this is the, the title. He wins the movie. A great cast and I think, what, Frank Darabont's fourth consecutive uh, written and Stephen directed King Stephen movie. King adaptation. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I Just weird this being the smallest one just because it's not that distinct a story yeah. as far it's just well, it's, a, it's a good it's a visual it's, it's a, a, it's a it's very twilight yeah. zoney to me yeah. like yeah. it just yeah. oh and the humans were the monsters the whole time yeah. Sorry, i mean i was I, I didn't go but see i this. liked it a lot yeah. i was very tempted to go see it because i'm like that's a cool idea mm-hmm. like everyone's stuck in this one place and right outside there's this mysterious mysterious mm-hmm. uh <laughs> thing that people die inside of mm-hmm. so like oh, no i think, I, I I think I it's very well done they it was made into a series just this year and canceled for spike uh but how do you make a series out of this? I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, I don't. I do believe they changed the ending on them, mm-hmm. right? I think that it it didn't test well. The well. ending's pretty the ending's fucked. Crazy, yeah. 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 Doesn't this start with Tom Jane's like a painter and he's painting the posters to other Stephen King movies? Yeah, yeah. actually, it does. He painting, it like, does because the... uh, Darabont had done directorial debut. Man, we talked about him all the way back. He wrote uh, Nightmare on Elm Street Three: The Dream Warriors, uh, <laughs> and then rode that crest somewhere into Shawshank Redemption and a Green Mile into the Majestic. And the into Walking Dead for a while, Walking and Dead. I love if you because I for some reason I love all those movies. Yeah. Uh, he uses a ton of the same actors. I'll call it the Darabont first. <laughs> and this is the sh- this is the movie he made before The Walking Dead, a show 
I really like the comic. I am not a huge fan of the show. I checked out of Walking Dead the second season, but a I ton mean, of people... everyone checks out of Walking Dead at some point. A ton of people from... <laughs> Eight seasons, 400 issues. Yeah. Those who don't off? are basically the Walking Dead. Yeah. He, he uses a ton of the same people all the time, so there's like at least three or four Walking Dead cast members in The Mist and, you know, from Shawshank Redemption. It's a who's who if you're into the Darabont first. This is a, a totally fun movie. Great movie uh, for... Maybe not Thanksgiving, yeah. but, uh, <laughs> I, but I really like it. I, I am ashamed that I missed it. Um, yeah. Ah, Dave, hold it's on. good. It's <laughs> worth revisiting. Where's my comedy sound effect? <laughs> I gotta have Thank another you. one. <laughs> right, uh, but the biggest movie of the week is something I really meant to re- revisit. I apologize. This Thanksgiving. How does she know? Don't sing. It's okay. You know, let's just walk. One ordinary man will have to get them back <laughs> home before time runs out. Magic mirror, I beg you. Tell me where she is. Reporting from 116th and Broadway. 116th and Broadway. <gasps> oh, that's he is so funny in this. He is yeah. so good in that movie. What? And this is very strange, though. So it's Mc, McSteamy, uh, Lois Mc, Lane, yeah, Cyclops, and Cyclops. Cyclops. Um, among others, Disney. in Enchanted, mm-hmm. uh, Disney's. I just wish it wasn't Disney's Enchanted, but it's why. It's so mm. cool that they were because this. A lot of people credit Tangled with mm-hmm. starting the new Disney wave. No, that's I, I would through Frozen and stuff. But this movie really started. Yeah. This is the movie where they were like, "Oh yeah, we love this these old tropes and stuff." Yes, you know, because we just talked about the re-release of Cinderella. Yeah, it just it just weird to me that every ten years or so, Disney makes a movie sending up itself, which would have been done better by somebody else. And just reading that this script originated as a, something more R-rated, and like, what the fuck oh. could that have been? Cool I, world. But I, no, uh, not been. cool world. But like, but Into the Woods is another example of that. And mm-hmm. I don't want to go off on a giant rant here, uh, but Who Framed Roger Rabbit? Yeah. Uh, this is compared a lot to Who Framed Roger Rabbit, not just because they it occasionally hybrid they do hybrid live action animation sequences, but they both came about to kick to celebrate the tropes of cartoons or what Disney does, and then end up kind of kickstarting interest into a renaissance. Roger mm-hmm. Rabbit comes in before. Uh, Little Mermaid, and then it's like Roger Rabbit never happened. Enchanted mm-hmm. comes out, we get Tangled, and then Disney starts remaking its old films, and it's as if this comedy, making fun of that formula, didn't exist. Where's this sequel? This movie was great and performed yeah. really well. I don't know. I, I I just wish I wish another company yeah. had made this, so we would have seen more Enchanted. But I always consider this Tangled mm-hmm. and Frozen part mm-hmm. of like, oh, this is them discovering yeah. a mm-hmm. new sort of like right. sort of Disney line. princess renaissance sort and they, of thing. And they did, and they after Anastasia, like I was. I had a bad taste in my mouth, and I just immediately watched Frozen. I'm like, God damn, this movie is excellent. <laughs> this is really good. And it didn't put them in this quagmire of like doing the same thing again, because yes. they still break off into your Big Hero 6s and mm-hmm. your Zootopias and your Moanas, and your, which is a similar mm-hmm. thing to like bucking the trends. Mm-hmm. And like Moana, sp- there's a character that points out, like, you're a princess. I'm not a princess. <laughs> like, that's, you know. But I think that's it. The movie took a movie like Enchanted, like Disney, embrace your flaws. Mm-hmm. And that's yeah. what this movie does. It sends up all the silly tropes of fairy tale yeah. fantasy Makes sequences by yeah by sending two like a, two animated characters into the real world and it's way funnier than it deserves to be yeah. and it, it, yeah. it can you can would you say it works as like just a regular princess movie I think it kind of does. Uh, I guess it's got Florida. it's got yeah. kind of the tropes and yeah. stuff, just in a different setting, and it is it's very funny. And the music is great. Mm-hmm. Uh, there is like a Broadway version of it also that mm-hmm. has you know the same music. I, yeah. I did see oh, Giselle is that her name? Yeah, uh, Giselle. Like they were gonna, she was supposed to be a Disney princess. 
But because she has to look like Amy Adams, I'm like, we're not paying Amy Adams for the rest of her life. Aww. So she, so like they had a toy line where she was just going to be a Disney princess. But that makes perfect sense. It does. I mean, honestly, part of the reason it works is is the sheer commitment, mm-hmm. especially of mm-hmm. Amy Adams. Mm-hmm. James Marsden, too, where it's like she is so committed to yep. always being so wonderful without seeming crazy or anything. She's just so charming. And, oh, let's clean up this place. Isn't this fun? And yeah. then all the rats and the cockroaches help her clean. And just she's always, always on. Yeah. She does such a good job. And this was a couple of years before Princess and the Frog, so we hadn't seen yeah. beautiful 2D Disney princessy animation in a long time. Yeah, it, with, with a ton of call-outs to older Disney movies that I'm obviously a big mm-hmm. fan of. But I, I did this movie is animated. Mm-hmm. Uh, not well, not it, that much. The, the, beginning the opening is... is like traditionally animated, and then like the squirrel character gets sucked in the real world, yeah. and he's kind of a he's CG, like CG after that, character. Yeah. But I, what, uh, Adina Menzel is in the movie yeah. years before she became uh, Elsa and Frozen. Uh, well, five years before? And then, yeah. yeah, before so, John years? Travolta botched your name. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then... Susan Sarandon should just always have her makeup like that. Yes. Though she looks spectacular. <laughs> yeah, she basically plays Maleficent, woman. right? Yeah, she's totally Maleficent. And that's and that's why it reminds me of Roger Rabbit because they created this new character that embodied everything about these cartoons. Whereas I think they did the same thing with Giselle and uh, James Marsden's character. And I just mm-hmm. I don't know. I wish I wish they would have revisited this or made it a little bigger than it was because James Marsden's probably the best Disney prince ever. Yeah, you think oh, so? really yeah. fucking he's funny. Be, right? he's really great. funny. Just well, he's like, really funny. But he's also a character. Yeah, yeah. yeah see, <laughs> Which they're he, usually he, not does have some character I mean yeah I love I was going to grab I decided not to the scene of him uh, attacking a bus it's pretty good <laughs> yeah, of like, like oh there's a foul beast and he like stabs it and the bus driver's like did you just stab my bus <laughs> and then he, he gets scared and runs away and she's like yeah you better run just a tight wear motherfucker and if we're not describing it well enough I also like to think of it as a pseudo sequel to Black Knight just in reverse yeah. uh, Kate and Leopold that's yeah. what I was thinking yeah. <laughs> huh. uh, Kate and Leopold <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but it's just enchanted. Something I don't hear a ton of people mm-hmm. talk about. But it was really fucking fun, and I feel yeah. like we're right in the middle of another Disney princess renaissance, and we don't talk mm-hmm. about Enchanted. Great Not video fair. game series as well. Nolan North is fantastic in it. Also, uh, <laughs> capture. And Dude, we're gonna be talking about that in like twenty I minutes. I got the joke. <laughs> I got the joke. Kristen, he's looking it's, around. I was like trying I to come up Enchanted Among Thieves. I couldn't come up yeah. with something. I was doing my best. <laughs> doing my best. Uh, but yeah. Oh, and Julie Andrews is the narrator. Uh, I think they oh, yeah. they have other Disney princesses who appear in the film. She's like basically. Disney princess. Yeah. She, she like she counts. She hosted yeah. the uh, special opening uh, Walt Disney. I know Belle and Ariel are at least in the film as well. I don't know. I, mean, I just thought this... she wears a lot of costumes mm-hmm. that reference. I think she wears Snow White's costume at one point or something like that. I don't know. And I feel like like just right after this, we went like straight into Maleficent and then Remake City, which is mm. I'm just deeply uncomfortable with. I hate these Disney remakes. And yes, I get excited about casting news too. How can you mm-hmm. not get excited about the Lion King Lion cast? King pretty but good. what the fuck do you mean when you say live action Lion I'm King? I'm worrying it's going to be like Zoobly Zoo. <laughs> <laughs> They're to wear co- I would prefer that. I, somebody and Ben our... Marine was amazing on Zoobly Zoo. Somebody in the later time uh, Facebook group says are the fucking trees real? What are they talking about? Like, how do you make a live-action Lion King? Billy Eichner. <laughs> Billy Eichner Timon. Timone. Holy Come shit. on, dude. Come on. I don't know. Do you do it like the stage show and just everyone's in costumes? They have puppets and shit. They'd be yeah. amazing. Something, something. But That's like, why War Horse sucks. I they, it was a cool puppet and they made yeah. it into a regular horse. I haven't been able to get through Beauty and the Beast just because, like, I don't... The whole reason Beauty and the Beast is special is because it's an interpretation or story we all already know. And this is a new take with new scenes and characters. If you just put them in the same dresses and locations again and do the same beats, nah. what did you bring to this? This Jungle is just, Book's pretty good. It's 
Sucks that it's very good. <laughs> I hate that it's it's good. I really like Peach Dragon. I uh, think that movie was great. It was, and that's they at least did something totally different with Peach yeah, Dragon. It was a totally because different movie. Jesus Christ, is that movie except my, what? Uh, Bones? What's that guy's name? Uh, Carl Dread. Urban. Carl Urban in that movie is straight up like, what if I was in a '50s live action Disney movie? Yeah, and he performs it. He's that exact thing. Like, fellas, we're gonna make so much cat. Like throwing his arms up. It's I, amazing. I really liked it, but yeah, that's uh, that's one of the movies I'd recommend this week. Enchanted. But let's move into some television. Hell November seventeenth yeah. so to twenty third. The, the writer strike has begun. Yes, yeah. it's happening. I, can, uh, I got that line wrong because I should have written it down, mm-hmm. but I can't. Uh, <laughs> I'm not allowed to. Yeah, but yeah, uh, yeah you, you've collected some. I mean, it's a lot of stuff that's already like they've already recorded the episodes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a lot of stuff like that. But yeah. the the Talk one the, the one big okay. thing that we should start with yeah. is uh, on the 17th was supposed to be an SNL episode, but the strike just happened. Mm-hmm. Uh, Michael Sarah was supposed to be the host who I. Do I don't not, think he has. He has he, not hosted. Never hosted I believe. Uh, Even I, I when I when I saw this, I had totally forgotten this. I was like, Michael Sarah's never hosted yeah, SNL. Should we have like a Michael Sarah movie to talk about right now? Like, uh, we will. Okay, uh, yeah, we will. I think next week. Yeah, really yeah. soon. Are we talking Nick or and two. Nora? Am I getting this right? No, no, no that's later. That's like oh eight or oh nine. Um, that's a good, pretty good movie though. Um, so uh, it's so what they do, and Yola Tengo was supposed to be the musical guest. So I they, can't believe that ever happened. They can't do the episode, so they just go to the UCB because Amy Poehler is still on the mm-hmm. show at this point. And just do the show, do the show for free, for free for mm-hmm. people at the UCB. And this is like, and this is like, you know, oh seven SNL. Mm-hmm. Like it's a weird period because I feel like a lot of people don't remember it that fondly mm-hmm. until the election uh, stuff. But it's like Maya Rudolph, Rachel Dratch, Horatio Sands, uh, Nora Jones showed up. Wow. <laughs> it's okay. and I hate that this this happens like four years before. This would have been streamed. Yeah, we'll if never the technology see it. was readily available. I'm sure somebody recorded th- part I've, of it. On I think iPhone. I have seen, but it's it's. Terrible and I've not seen my photos. Club. They're actually included an article here that mm. we we could link in the post uh, mm. where there are some photos of, including um, Amy and Seth at the Weekend Update desk, which is just a table with like <laughs> like crayon marker drawing written Weekend Updates hanging crazy. off of the table on a big white piece of paper. Um, but that's an amazing thing that happened that we'll never see. I am kind. I also I'm also kind of glad that's a thing that happened mm-hmm. as a part of my maybe my favorite comedy institution that exists yeah. that I will never see. Yeah. I think that's cool that that exists. Yeah, Michael Sarah's only been, he's had one cameo on the show. And we did, that's it. We did a that's whole, we did a whole episode on laser time about strikes in the inter- entertainment industry, but it's, I do, it, it's fun. It, sorry. The timeline of it is weird because they have the strike talk shows and SNL are immediately affected. Yes. Everything else seems to go about as normal until later in the year when, like, why am I not getting any new episodes? Because, yeah. like, now the writer's Why is there the three minutes effective? of live action in this Family Guy episode? Yeah. <laughs> 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 uh, but, yeah, like, uh, just, um, but we saw the immediate results of the writer's yeah. strike with things that had to air live or were tape day of. And, yeah. Uh, that's probably the most notable example of mm-hmm. that. But speaking of things that were written long before the writer's strike, <laughs> yeah. The Simpsons. There's some uh, animated shows, uh, like The, the Simpsons night. episode, Husbands and Knives. Mm-hmm. Uh, which <laughs> Jack Black uh, was like a comic book buff who kind of replaces Homer. It's one of those I episodes. I can't believe there's so many celebrities who have put their voice on this show that I have no yeah. idea. Every yeah, this, is, this episode's 10 years old. Wow. Uh, Marge mm-hmm. opens up a, a gym for ordinary women in the house uh, because gyms aren't for ordinary women, I guess. Um, but the episode opens with a, a kind of fun Cape crisis mm-hmm. thing that we can huh. check out. Lame. Lame. Have it. Lame. Comic book store. Superman dies. Aquaman dies. Casper dies. Caveman Robin. Black Robin. Born again Robin. <laughs> <gasps> Whoa! The infamous Wolverine comic with pop-out claws. 
Why was this so controversial? The <laughs> 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 claws pop out and cut Millhouse in the That face. was a pretty authentic cover there. Yeah, um, that looked like a... Uh, that's a very... Um, they're making fun of the 70s, 80s, and 90s yeah. comics. Yeah. Like, almost in order. It goes yeah. from, like, 70s, like, I mean, Black Robin up I, until, you know, 90s uh, foil covers and, and stuff pops out. I feel and like I gotta go card. back to a bunch of these episodes, because that's a good scene. Mm-hmm. I'm sure I the mean, rest of the episode yeah. doesn't pop yeah. up as much. I tried watching some of it, and, and it wasn't. My mom fun. calls me bub. Uh, that very same <laughs> night. The very same night. I only included this. Uh, this is funny. So, this clip has nothing to do with this episode, because this is the episode of Family Guy uh, where Peter finds out he has some Mexican heritage. Mm. So, it's called Padre de Familia. He does wow, the same the thing si- with the, Ireland. The, the, yeah, the yeah. same yeah. way the Simpsons yeah. travel to a different country, Peter Griffin finds out he's of this ethnicity. Yeah. Yes. I think he was, like, born there or something, and maybe it's not part. Because it's they go to, like, a pro-America Dude, festival. Dude, I know he's been and, black, and he's adopted. <laughs> like... <laughs> They go to Jesus. a pro-America festival where Peter decides immigrants shouldn't come to America, and then he ends up learning that's stupid. But can anyone understand why it's hard to find clips of this episode? Ugh, Fox doesn't. Because it's called Padre de Familia, uh-huh. which is what this show is called in Spanish-speaking uh-huh. countries. Oh. So if you look for Padre de Familia clips, it's all just Spanish-speaking clips of Family Guy. So I found one that we can, oh, sweet. We can listen to and see if uh, the listeners can figure out who's talking while we're, while we're watching it. Ay, por Dios, es terrible lo que pasó en Haití. Tenemos que hacer algo. Ay, qué flojera. Relájate, seguro Wycliffe John tiene todo. <risa> Siempre hablo sobre okay. cuánto me gustaría ayudar en estas situaciones y nunca lo llevo a cabo. Pero esta vez sí lo voy a hacer. Voy a hacer una colecta de sangre. Bien por ti, Lois. Vas a ser la heroína local. <risa> well, only, only Brian would I have been able to recognize. Yeah. Yeah. So it went uh, guarantee... Lois, Peter, Stewie, yeah. Lois again, and Brian. And I guarantee that those three guys are not voiced by the same dude. Like, you can tell that as well. But I also think it's very funny that, you know, he's talking and he goes, White Clef John, and he keeps Because <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's family guy. And no, uh, Jesus, since Matt's been aboard, the obligatory uh, How I Met Your Mother. I'm just going to mention a classic episode. Yeah. Uh, this is a classic episode. Another also, classic Thanksgiving thing. A lot yeah. of people have, have messaged me and stuff and said, like, no one ever talks about How I Met Your Mother yeah. on, on these podcasts mm-hmm. I listen to. I'm so glad. So, like, I, I want to give those people some some uh, internet daps. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is Slapsgiving, yeah. a classic Thanksgiving episode. But it's is important. this Slapsgiving 2, though? Because I feel like we might have done the original Slapsgiving already. Did you? I Maybe. think so. I don't know. Is this the one where Hurley shows up? Uh, I don't yeah. remember. I just uh, I just wanted to mention it because it's it's the the slap through line. Chris, yeah, you aware of this longest, at all? It, it it's the longest joke of the series. As a guest. Yeah, it's, as it's, a, a running gag. Yeah. yeah uh, they there was a bet between Barney and Marshall where Marshall basically says like I can slap you five times whenever I want. So he has five slaps to dole oh. out for the rest of their lives. And he keeps saying Slapsgiving's coming up. Like, basically telling Barney, I'm going to slap you on Thanksgiving. So Barney spends the whole episode just terrified that he's going to do it. And uh, I believe they get to toward the end of the se- the end of the show, and yeah. there's, like, three left. And then Marshall's, like, uh, I think it's, like, a wedding gift. He just, like, blows on his hands and just wham, wham. Well, he just slaps <laughs> the shit out of Neil Patrick Harris. Uh, it's wonderful. It's just great. I wanted to mention it. And... Also, so let's talk about this last one and then that. Mm-hmm. So the 21st Phenomenon ends after five episodes, wow. which was a competition show. I mm. thought, when I found this, I thought this was Millennium. I thought this was the X-Files spin I thought it was Supernatural. Or Supernatural? That show's still on. Uh, so Phenomenon had five episodes. It was a competition show uh, judged by Mystifier Yuri Geller what? and illusionist Chris Angel. No. Uh, <laughs> hosted by Tim Vincent. It's basically America's Next Top Mentalist. Like, they're trying to find the next Chris Angel. Oh, my God. Uh, but a guy named... 
a guy named if I Chris if I was like who won this you'd be like Mike Super like you would make up the name Mike Super <sighs> Mike Super which is the guy that won hey. uh, Mike Super um, and uh, so I have a clip of a thing he did where he he <laughs> basically says I'm going to predict a murder tonight and he asked the audience the things that lead into the murder it's an improv game mm-hmm. he asked the audience that leads like different things of the murder and he reveals that he predicted it so he asked the audience some questions then this happens I made a prediction it. If you- check it out it will be Tom Hanks. Did you? Wait, Ross, wait. I predicted it would take place in no, Hawaii. Why did you know that? Stop it. But wait, <laughs> Ross, wait. If you have to wait a there. second, wait. Even though it made no sense to me before the show, <laughs> I wrote down a prediction. I wrote down it will be done with a dresser. What? So, so he asked questions like, who's a celebrity? Where'd you go on vacation? Mm-hmm. You know, it's the setting or whatever. And then mm-hmm. it turns out he had it written down in like a bottle. Oh, and for you listeners, that was a man on stage. Yes. <laughs> that's uh, familiar. Uh, Ross People can sound however they want. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but by the way, uh, the uh, How I Met Your Mother, the that was not the... Uh, the genesis of the slap bet. The, the oh, slap no, the, bet yeah, was the slap pre- bet had started. Oh, was a previous okay. season, and this is like Marshall telling Barney the whole episode. Yes. Like, I'm going to slap you on Thanksgiving. Yeah, the, oh, the yeah. bet had, it's the like bet a countdown timer and everything. Yeah, the bet had been made, and he, then he keeps saying Slapsgiving. Yeah. Whenever, and then whenever someone would say what, he'd go, oh, I said Thanksgiving. And like, just look <laughs> at Barney. Uh, it's a, God, that show's so good. It's a class. This is season two. It's probably the height of the show. Yeah. Um, and then uh, the last thing we'll talk about is the Tim and Eric episode, Vacation. Mm. Dave, do you remember this oh, is episode? This, are, they, is this, are they back after, uh, uh, is this like the first episode of the new season? Or uh, No, there, I, I think there have been a couple that okay. I haven't brought up. Um, there's but a couple. I, I can't, like, yeah, the title of itself. I, I mean, I know every skit, but I don't know the episode. The You'll names. remember this one. Let's play this clip. Come on with us now, hop on my jet ski, grab into my waist, take a ride with me, please. But what about the hose? <laughs> hey, who needs the hose? Gonna show you how to have the perfect vacation. Gonna seek you up to the island vibration. What do you say? I'm open to that. Now get a metal piercing, I'd browse a navel, make a magnetic, no need for painful, so in the dreadlocks. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> this is, this is uh, Eric comes back from vacation and shows Tim his vacation video, which is him hanging out with this guy, Raz. Uh, who is a like reggae singer? Yeah, who's, this who's, is the first episode back because it is. Okay. they're talking about like what do you do in between seasons? Oh, yeah. I met I met this guy named named Raz. He's so cool. <laughs> mm-hmm. And then uh, yeah, he met Raz, who I thought was Justin Thoreau yeah. and is not. I totally watched that whole clip. Like this is Justin Thoreau. I just watched I this episode the poop recently. Tube, uh, oh, poop tube is in this episode. Poop tube in this oh, one. My God, do you want to find a clip? Oh, BM farts. My dad said I could use the poop. <laughs> we did. We would say that to each other so much at Game Pro. We probably sound like the biggest weirdo. I was like, <laughs> we're right next to the salespeople, and they're like, hey, my dad said I could use a poop tube. Poop tube. Nintendo of America guys are stopping like, by, like, what is happening? Uh, we're going to take Mario back. <laughs> oh, speak- You're not, you can't get the Wii Zapper. Speaking so. of a Nintendo and, Jesus, the yes. Zapper. Good segue, Diamond Dog. Yes. Into, what is it, November 17th through the 23rd? Yeah. So oh, two, big, two big release dates. That's how mm-hmm. I separated these two. Uh, November 19th. We got Mario Party DS, mm-hmm. Uncharted Tournament 3 on PC. Wait, you're throwing some things and, Unreal Tournament 3. Sorry. Uh, <laughs> and Uncharted Drake's Fortune. Sorry. Uh, yes. Uh, Link's Crossbow Training. Wow. The Wii Zapper game. 
Uh, it is not it came bad. With a hunk of plastic, yeah, but it was just like <laughs> this is the this is the Zelda game you're giving us. Like you could have called this anything else. No, it was, it was Nintendo dying. Like no, here's he doesn't what, even use a crossbow. I know he uses a bow and arrow. <laughs> but it's like he, here's how you can utilize the motion control functionality, and it's like the best it ever is because mm-hmm. Nintendo put a lot of work into it. I think it's something they wanted to make to one have people utilize that peripheral, but to show them how to make games for the Wii because no one other than Nintendo really figured that out. Yeah. Uh, or they all die trying. <laughs> yeah. When I worked at GameStop, I could have made a house out of all the copies of the, this that we had. Yeah, like I felt like I had to have it, but it, mm. I never, I never it played came it. In that little cardboard but, sleeve. But mm. yeah, the the bigger, the biggest release of that day is the very first Uncharted game, Uncharted Drake's wow. Fortune. Hell's yeah, ten years old. I have not played this one. I've you never finished it. Mm-mm. And it's, I, it's, no, nobody finished it. It's not a great game, yeah, but the cutscenes are amazing. Yeah, it's it's all right. And then two and three just like blew this one yeah. out of the water. And I think the new one's also really good too. <laughs> but yeah, I and I I, I I was training to think of like oh what's a good like because I never played through the campaign completely I'm like oh what's a I can't remember any good cutscenes to use as clips but mm-hmm. it is a you know it's not the worst game and of course it, like it spawned a series so it's mm-hmm. it's pretty damn good it's just like the, it's like a game we'll be talking about later it's like the first game in the series is all right mm-hmm. like pretty good the second and, game and then, changed the and, fucking media yeah, and, <laughs> the second game is one of the essential yeah, games we're gonna be talking about another trilogy where the first game is not age well uh, the very next day mm-hmm. uh, but before that the other games of the of the day uh, November 20th were Final Fantasy 12 Revenant Wings on Nintendo DS mm-hmm. Soul Calibur Legends on Wii which is oh god really I, fighting game multiple fighting games mm-hmm. had uh, releases on Wii where it's like I want to do a feature on that was play the fighting one or was this like the RPG no this is the single player yeah we play as I think Sofatia mm-hmm. or Taki I, I forget one, there's two one, characters that are on the cover yeah I forget who they are though. Eh, who cares the game sucks yeah uh tr- uh, Time Crisis Four on PS3. I loved it. I which, I actually reviewed like all. How did these. how did uh, was there a gun? There is not only a gun; it has motion control elements. It was. Does it no- have a uh, a pedal? Because yes. that's the part. I think yes, but it was more that you had to like move the gun in a direction to move your character, and it was pretty clunky. Yeah, but I love the Time Crisis games. Did I it always look like have. a gun, or are we past this now? Was it the? It move? Was, I mean, it was bright orange. It, you couldn't really mistake it for a gun. It had, yeah. I think it had a a, a D pad on the gun. To oh, move around with. Uh, now I remember this. Yeah. Okay, um, that's that's the thing that jogged my memory. That's weird. It was clunky as shit, and kind of the beginning of the end for Time Crisis. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But uh, I still love it. Trauma Center: New Blood. I which think is... I reviewed that too. Is this the one with the worst cover ever? Yes. Okay. Th- it's this the most was, boring cover of all time. I think the it was kind of a rush mm-hmm. job too, because wasn't there? There was a Trauma Center at launch for Wii, there, or close to launch. Yes. And then uh, they were just like, oh, "Let's do another." I think because it, did it spawn on the DS? Maybe. It's, it's sort of like a, a game of operation, yeah, and, yeah. but it was an early success. But for yeah, game for it, except you use a Wii remote to cut yeah. open a, a Silas a or a Wii, and Wii remote in this case. Yeah. yeah, I posited on Twitter recently. People were talking about the the cover. I think it was it was probably a no anime rule. Yeah. They were probably like no anime, mm-hmm. but we don't have anything else. It doesn't matter. No anime <laughs> for this game. We're not the Vita. Yeah. Uh, we're not paying a new guy. <laughs> <laughs> All right, uh, two classic games came out. Oh my this god! Day. Yeah. Uh, first up is Rock Band, yeah, which yeah. came out on PS3, Xbox 360, and Wii. This is Harmonix, who sort of pioneered uh, the guitar game with Guitar yes. Hero. They went and did their own thing. Activision kept doing Guitar Hero. They went to EA and they did Rock Band, mm-hmm. which was like Guitar Hero, but you also got drums. And you also you, have vocals. If you were mm-hmm. e- even the biggest, like, I don't know, like, amateur in the universe and you gave all the notes you could on Guitar Hero, yeah. that's what Rock Band is. All those notes are incorporated. This, and this yeah. is uh, one of the most uh, embarrassment-free ways to do karaoke. Yeah. yeah. Because you're with three friends and they're dealing with their own shit. They're trying to not fail out <laughs> on the guitar. Two, two years ago, I gave it to my girlfriend for a holiday party for her office and, like, 
people there had a lot of people there hadn't played it. It's like it hadn't aged a day. Like yeah. Yeah. people just jumped in. They thought still it was great. do it over at the. Um, we have a bar a couple yep. blocks away where they play a bunch of video games, but they have right by the door. They have a setup for uh, rock band, mm-hmm. and yeah, I like. Uh, speaking of like holiday parties, I remember. I think it was either this year or the year after. Mm-hmm. Like Game Pro, we're starting to lose money, and like, oh yeah, we're not renting out a bar. Uh, the vacated office of, across the hall. We're gonna go oh in God. there. Oh, we're gonna God. get a keg and that we're gonna play sad. rock band Jesus. and have pizza. And I'm like, that was the best holiday party I ever had. It was like no stupid bar shit. Like just hanging out with like my friends who I work with and playing rock band. It was mm-hmm. like it was the best. And remember- like the, yeah, like even before this game came out, like you know we got a review unit. So we were playing this game like two or three weeks before it came out, and we were just like. Hey. Uh, change the world. We would not leave the office until like eleven o'clock because we'd just be like, <laughs> "Let's drink and play this fucking game for hours." I did the endless set list option with your husband, uh, Daya, who I believe oh, yeah. on the last song, there's Green a Grass and vi- High there's Tides." A, there's a video. I, I'll put the video in there uh, where, yeah, right. endless uh, set list where you play every song in a row. And, you, and I think mm-hmm. Michael accidentally backed out. No, I didn't. It's Dan. <laughs> oh, it might have been Dan. Yeah. And it was like it was like six in the morning. Yes. Yeah. We. Was, uh, but they finally got that achievement. I know. Mm. I was kind of bummed to find that this sort of disabused me of my notion that like it'd be cool to be a drummer. I realized <laughs> I do not have the coordination yeah. at That's all. That's the one I couldn't do. I it's, could yeah. never it's drum in that game. Hard. My brain I doesn't work that way. The one and only transferable skill in rock band if you yeah. can yeah. handle the drums on expert level you can understand how to play real dr- and they there were yeah. videos of people like i've never played drums before but i'm good at rock band and like oh mm-hmm. i get it i know how i understand the fundamentals of how this works and the rhythm behind it and yeah. people yeah. could do it yeah i i mean this game came well first of all this we were huge guitar hero fans in yeah. high school and then this game we were, we were so anticipating this game that i just happened to be in best buy when they were setting this up and I called all of my friends and then we were the first ones to play it. We were on it like all night at, at Best Buy just trying to play the, the demo unit. Um, but I remember, like I went, like I've said before, like I went to art school, I there were music students there, including drummers and singers and stuff. And like, I grew up as a singer and like, we were like, we like, if you know how to use your voice as an mm-hmm. instrument mm-hmm. does not help you in this game. Mm-hmm. Cause you're yeah. just trying to wiggle that line, mm-hmm. which is not what singing is about. <laughs> like it's, mm-hmm. it's so specific to like, I, there's no art in what I'm doing right now. I'm yeah, just they evolved trying to, that for the Beatles rock band where you have to harmonize it does get better. with three people. You, you have, they, they did learn harmonies and stuff and it does teach you how to. But you teach you how to like do octaves and move your voice up and down. It's rock and band, cool cutscenes, a lot of the shit cut out. Yeah. That uh, Guitar Hero that we, it made me hate Guitar Hero when Rock Band came out. They yeah. included only the masters of music, meaning the original songs, because fucking Guitar Hero was all Donkey Konga covers yeah. of famous songs. We're watching videos of those guys like recording those. And yeah, they're always like it's always like programmer dudes at the, at their desk, like just playing with a guitar that's or, plugged or, in or, and you can't hear. It, it or you know good indie bands, but like yeah. Rock Band was the one to like shell out the money for the big stuff, and it, it is one of two. EA series this week's that debuted and have since fallen <laughs> fallen mm. off the fucking zeitgeist. And, yeah, I, one last thing about Rock Band. Like, was it? Did you make a video where you played Rock Band but you took out all the music? So it's we just removed like, all the music so you could just hear like, the clicking and banging. It sounds it sounds like a child's playroom. You also did that video. You guys going through the office? We did. But the funniest story about that, and I don't know how I had the balls for that or wasn't brought into HR. Oh, this is an embarrassing story. We did that video. It was yeah. one of you our and first. Kevin Spacey were playing rock band. First minor successes. And I saw, I found that the video we made, we were very, we were yeah. video was not our bag, so yeah. we were not very popular yet. That the video got stolen by a couple places. I organically stumbled upon it on a pornography site, uh, and I had to decide uh, in my no, head, like, site. do I tell? <laughs> Everyone in the office, and I decided, yeah, I'm gonna screen cap it and send it to Were the entire office. Were you in the office when this happened? No, no, okay. no. But I did the next day, and like, look, not safe for work and everything. 
But here, like, it was just like <laughs> Let me the way the way Brett described side. it in the in the reply. <laughs> it's like Tyler's face. Secretary turns fucking into an art form. Uh, and, but we were on it. That's we, a good title. Yes. And I, I'll never. Secretary turns yeah. fucking into an art form. Uh, um, but yeah, as you mentioned before, mm-hmm. like EA, big week for EA yeah, with damn. franchises they, they no longer support. Uh, Mass Effect came out on Xbox 360. Oh. It was an Xbox exclusive for quite a while. You can fucking that, alien! Yeah. Uh, <laughs> hey, is Fox News in here? Uh, but yes, it's a. Uh, Bioware, who had done the Knights of the Old Republic series, I remember hearing about this and being like, why can't they just do this with Star Wars? Everyone loves Star Wars, but what they did was created Better. for three games. Mm-hmm. Probably least, the best modern sci-fi a, universe. Um, amazing sci-fi universe that, like, yeah, it drove me to play, like, 150 hours of these games to see the entire story through the end, and it's like a lot of Bioware games, it's morality-based. You mm-hmm. can do good or bad things Renegade in a lot of Paragon. the... Renegade, yeah. Par- mm-hmm. Renegade or Paragon. Oh, wait, I'm sorry. I forgot Tech War. Tech yes. War, then this. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and Kevin Sorbo's Andromeda, <laughs> this and third. Uh, the show had his moments. I mean, and and even more than they had with uh, with Star Wars Knights of the Old Republic, like, this is a lot of life-or-death decisions. Mm-hmm. Like, who dies? That person or that person? This one had what I still think is the toughest, like, decision to make when it comes to who lives and who dies mm. like it's it's either Caden or uh Ashley the other one Caden or Ashley uh space Pro racist decides. or the most bland guy in the universe <laughs> who, who dies uh and yeah like you keep Commander Shepard's uh, story plays out through all three games and a lot of the characters in this game are there at the end so yeah gr- great game and it is a bit of a relic compared to the next two which really nailed the the shooting formula yeah, just like Uncharted like Mass Effect 2 is an essential game of the medium. Oh yeah, like it's, the it's, first it's game. My you know. favorite new franchise of this entire generation. Yeah, and I games. like I didn't start the series until mm-hmm. Mass Effect Three came out, mm-hmm. and everyone was raving oh, about really? it. And I'm like, all right, I'll play through it. And Mass Effect is such a slog compared to the other two. It's buggy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You'll you'll die. I got like, my save corrupted multiple times. Yeah. Just jumped into two. The only one I've really played is two, which I, I played through and finished, and one I played like two hours of and have never touched it, again. It also takes a while to start it up because like. Yeah. And yeah. one of the first things you do is drive that fucking buggy thing. Yeah, buggy shit oh. sucks. And you go to the Citadel and you don't know what to do when it's too big. Yeah. Yeah. And it's hideous. Uh, <laughs> Here we sit now where a Mass Effect yeah. game has plopped out. And there was... Yeah, semi-poorly there, there received. Was one it is not out, a bad game. There's one put out this year that just died a death yeah. on it's store just, shelves. It's it, all of its DLC not was canceled. And uh, I got scared, actually, because a couple days before we recorded this, it was N7 Day, mm. and Michael was like, hey, did you see it's the 20th anniversary? Or, yeah, the 10th anniversary of Mass Effect. I'm like, oh, fuck, was, did I miss it? <laughs> Am I in trouble? Uh, and but no, the comments. And seven day, twenty ten, please. Yes, and seven day is a thing they do every November seventh. But yes, it was uh, November twentieth, two thousand seven, the anniversary of this of this game, and I included one of the more uh, 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 memorable scenes from the first game. People, I think our viewers will be glad to hear that, Commander. You've been given command of an advanced human warship for your missions. Is there anything you'd like to say about it? I've had enough of your snide insinuations. Whoa! <laughs> he punches a reporter. Yeah. You it- son of a bitch! I'll make sure everyone in the Alliance sees that. Your career is over! Alright, that's it. That's uh, that, that works better if you play as Femship, by the way. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, I was gonna, uh, but it, yeah, that reporter like hounds you the whole game, like 
making like up lies about C- Commander Shepard mm-hmm. and all that shit. And mm-hmm. this is right. like at the end, you finally get so revenge. So fem- Fem Shep is that you could choose to be male or female. You could yeah. yes. choose to be male or female. But Dave ruined that- my bit. I was gonna say, what's that? Some weird beta or something? Shepard's a woman. Yeah, I, I kind of. But, uh, if I ever stumble upon Infinite Time, I'll play through the entire series again against Femship because the yeah, Femship is a better voice. Femship's better. Did, yeah. we, did that change anything? No, I think you still have the same I, romance you options. You can have sex with oh, all the same uh, people, oh, okay. nice. right? Maybe not all the ones no. in the first game, but I think yeah, they. Okay. I think they, Eventually, they came under fire for not having yeah. Mass Effect Two. You can yeah. for sure. Um, also in mine, she looks just like Jillian Anderson. Yeah. So in my uh, Mass Effect yeah. world, Jillian Anderson is Shepard, th- and it's th- the best. I think yeah. you can fuck the same amount of people, but you mm. can't fuck the same people. Like, mm. sir, there's like Caden is the only one of the only guys in the first three games who you can have sex with as male or femme chef. Mm. Uh, but yeah, like if you're yeah, because like, they did have girl on girl, and Fox News did yes. a thing about it, and I I love being in the games industry watching. You're feeling a little bit like rock stars. The mainstream doesn't understand this medium, and they keep doing shitty news pieces. Yeah. And then hardcore pornography in a video game? No, it is like this. Is, you don't this say one, anything. This is too tame for Cinemax. Yeah. Like <laughs> the first time I before I had played it, I was like, "Wow, do you see like just two people just raw dogging right on the screen?" Like, no, you don't. Of course, you <laughs> two don't. people lie down together. Yes. Yeah, it's it's safe Off for screen. USA Network. Yeah. You get a hot coffee at. Uh, but just a fucking yeah. a great Crazy series. Game. I hope to see it again someday. Really, really yeah. fun. Yeah. Uh, and that Although could, I don't need them to go back to those characters. I want to keep seeing more of the universe. Yeah, and, and that concludes pretty much our yeah. show. We have to obviously go out with plugs, our, our birthday and death quiz. Do not miss those people. Mm-hmm. Uh, but before we do that, we have to mention that we are primarily crowd, uh, crowdfunded. Patreon.com slash LazerTime. You support the whole LazerTime network, the LazerTime show, uh, Talking Simpsons, Video Game Apocalypse, and the exclusive show bonus time you get by being a patron at the $5 level. In addition to that, we wanted to incorporate your comments in here because, again, you guys all experience these things in different ways and your anecdotes have been awesome we spun it off into its own Patreon show you get bi-weekly it's been really fun we love reading your feedback uh, such as this TJ Laser has a story from the day they were born saying hey guys long time uh, listener first time here I hope I'm posting this in time to be seen on the show going up this week but I have a pretty great story that might get overlooked for November 13th 1987 long story short a woman on vacation in Tibet was wearing a Phil Silver Sergeant Bilko shirt and a Chinese soldier <laughs> thought it was a, a Dalai Lama shirt <laughs> <laughs> and tried to tear it off her chest. Jeez. She had to go back to the hotel and change while Tibetans around her chanted in support of the Dalai Lama. Oh, my uh, God. I know of this story because I was born on November 14th, 1987, and when I went to uh, the library to look up the newspaper from that day I was born, this story was on the front page just before the fold. Anyway, love the show. Keep up the good work. Hey. Thank you so much for that, TJ. Happy birthday. Uh, but, late, but yes, you, birthday. you can find more on latertimepodcast.com or 302010.net if you want to go directly just to these shows. We keep all the notes under Underneath a lot of the uh, trailers and videos and notes and pertinent you can appreciate links. Appreciate the big banner art for all these episodes, yes, indeed. which are smorgasbords of characters from <laughs> 1987, 97, and 07. Yes, and we also have Laser Time, a show I just mentioned, which is a topic based show a lot like this, multimedia infused, little silly. I had to write a description <laughs> for an advertiser. A little bit of morning radio, a little bit of NPR. How do you like that? Uh, but I've, I'm Chris Antista. I'm on all those other shows, including Video Game Apocalypse with Diana's husband. Yay! Yeah. Just talking the video game stuff. Yeah, but where can they find you, Di? Uh, you can find me on Twitter, I guess, at LeCineNerd. Yeah. L-E-C-I-N-E-N-E-R-D. Die is a great follow, and she'll yeah. guilt you into voting. Yeah! <laughs> yeah. Motherfuckers. Yeah. You gotta vote on those local boring propositions. Mm-hmm. It's important. Uh, yeah, and you mentioned uh, patreon.com slash laser time before, yes. where, yes, we have tons of movie commentaries. The first Mortal Kombat is one of them. Yeah, and, and if you're attempted for the second, where oh, it'll God. be I'll talked about very, in, very wrecked during in next week's but, uh, episode, we have the ultimate 
commentary for the ultimate Thanksgiving movie. Oh, Planes, yes. Trains, and Automobiles. Oh, yeah. Next yeah. week will celebrate its 30th anniversary yeah, and is, a, is, is the best Thanksgiving film of all time. It's the opinion. best movie of all time. Yeah. It's it? beautiful. Beautiful. I love that fucking um, movie. <laughs> but again, lasertimepodcast.com or patreon.com slash lasertime should you consider to support us. We are, again, it's why we get to do this is because people support us and a lot of people have fallen off lately so <laughs> remember to subscribe to our podcast and maybe consider donating because hey, this ain't easy. <laughs> Uh, anyway, deaths, Diana. Oh, uh, we got one death, uh, and is I almost put it in news, but we'll put it in death. 1997 was when we lost Michael Hutchins, lead yeah. singer of In Excess. Oh! He was 37. Well, there's still a little, still a little bit of debate on what happened there. Whether, he went out with a bang. It, whether it was suicide or autoerotic asphyxiation. Uh. Which one would you rather it be were it you? <laughs> um, I guess, I mean, autoerotic asphyxiation would be more fun potentially yes. but more embarrassing when they find yeah. you i think is it these days maybe 97 yeah maybe 97 i think uh, i think that's how people would prefer i go out mm-hmm. uh <laughs> autoerotic asphyxiation and it's what we predict yeah i haven't done it yet i'm saving it but <laughs> yeah. who knows please, could happen please don't do it. could happen but we got to go into the birthday quiz die you know what that means I do. oh birthday is a uh, doodly do. All right. Well, I screwed up and I didn't uh, prep very well, <laughs> so I'm pretty much Wing just gonna deep. I'm just gonna read off a filmography. Uh, born uh, November 22nd, 1967. So same day as producers came out. Turn in 50. This week we have this person who was in uh, Wind Talkers. View from the top. Nicholas Cage. Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind. Jimmy Perry. Going on 30. Uh, rumor has it Jennifer all Garner? the King's Men. Chicago 10. Uh, Zodiac, Blindness. Mark Ruffalo? Mark Ruffalo! Oh, 50! Uh, Kirsten Dunst is 50? The kid is I don't back. know. <laughs> Maybe. She Everyone was, older than me seems great in Wind Talkers. Yeah. Uh, yeah, uh, no, Mar- did you know Mark Ruffalo and Scarlett Johansson have the same birthday? I did not know this. Yeah. He's 50? No, oh. but he's 17 years older. I can't believe it. Um, that makes sense. They're together in a movie. Well, we have two choices for our outro uh, to take us out. What do we want, people? That's I don't want to make know. this decision. Uh, uh, well, I, I stumped for the Mass Effect. Yeah, anything. me too. Uh, yeah, I threw in the... How, that's, that's how you know from Enchanted. It's a great musical sequence. Really shot good. really in Central Park. Like, yeah. It looks like hard work. Working in music but, school, uh, you'll hear a lot of kids sing that song at a lot of, wow. uh, a lot of recitals. A little story about that theme, which, by the way, is, is mm-hmm. friggin' awesome. Mm-hmm. Uh, like, yeah, before I had started playing Mass Effect... Uh, I hosted KOXM, which was uh, the official Xbox Magazine's podcast, and uh, we had a go- goodbye episode for our features editor at the time, Corey Cohen, and I was mm-hmm. like, hey, you know, for your, your last episode, what do you want to play? And he's like, the, song, the Mass Effect ending theme song, and I heard it, and it's an eight-minute song, and it was like one of those songs where I was like, all right, I'm listening to it again. I just finished it. It is <laughs> one of my favorite video game songs of all time. Yeah, that's M4 Part 2 by Fonts. Yes. Uh, we will see you guys next week. 302010.net, people!